Hello, beautiful people. It is Positive Thursday, Woo! April 14th, 2022, and this sports show begins right now. Yeah. That's right, yeah. it's a super positive Thursday, okay? Things started heading a little south to negative land yesterday because we're in the middle of the offseason and there isn't a lot to talk about. So today, we came into the show with a super positive mindset. Yeah, Today we love everybody. Everybody. Healy. Shout out Jackie Moon. Okay, Tom Brady's trying to beat Jackie Moon. And then that whole thing got meh. Didn't have, but anyways, actual Jackie Moon. E-L-E. Today's that day. Today's a super positive day. We can't thank you enough for joining us here uh, at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Darius Butler will join us in about 10 minutes or so. Can't wait to chit chat with him about Stephon Gilmore visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Gilly Lock coming to town. Chris Ballard spending some bucks. (laughs) That's good to see. That's great to hear. I can't wait to see Darius's thoughts on what he will do to the defense because we're signing this guy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Jim Mercer sent the jet for him. Jim Mercer set the big bird. You remember that one that Peyton and his son Marshall were playing catch on when they were going into the Hall of Fame? That's the one that Stephon Gilmore was working on backpedals in while he was flying to Indianapolis. This dude's a cult. You need to all recognize that, and I am pumped about it. Now, probably need a weapon or two. And some other pieces, mm-hmm. but don't look now. I don't know what the Colts are for the Super Bowl, but fucking start staring it down. Oh, Matty Ice is doing his thing. <laughs> He's all the way back, got a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be doing it. I mean, the Colts, if we get Gilly Luck, and I have no, by the way, this is coming from somebody who did not watch a single snap of Gilmore's uh, season last year. Mm-hmm. Sure. There wasn't that many. Well, that's what, I, that's what I had heard, which does worry me, but that is what that's I had thing. heard. That's a good thing, though. Fresh legs. Didn't put miles on the legs. Yeah, you're uh-huh. right. He's fresh. Yeah. He's fresh. Good thing. Positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Super positive Thursday. Yeah. You're right. Super positive. He'll be back faster than Hell ever. Yeah. Yeah. Better than ever. Defensive MVP a couple yeah. years ago. Okay, good. So Darius will hopefully say that same exact thing, and we'll see what that happens. And there's other shit to chit-chat about, but the toxic table, this is a day you guys have been looking forward to for a long time. Yeah. Because you're yeah. kind of, I feel like, at Ty Schmidt rocking the John Deere cap and at Boston Connor with the mullet um, helmet. You Thank look you. amazing today. Mm-hmm. You, Super amazing. This is probably mm-hmm. the best your hair has ever looked. It's incredible. Did you guys start looking <laughs> in the mirror and saying, you know what, too toxic lately? Did you guys ever think that? And nah. are you happy for this positive Thursday to reset the whole thing? I don't know if I necessarily thought that. No. You know, hey, maybe, you know, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed a little bit mm-hmm. one day, but you're right. I am. So jacked that it is super Yesterday, positive. I just want to recap some things, what you did yesterday. What? Okay. Yesterday, PJ Fleck. Well. Friend of the program. Yeah, that was yeah. tough. Friend of the program. He got eviscerated yeah. yesterday yeah. by you. Conference rival. No, yeah, I understand it was a little, you know, college football, yeah. Iowa, Minnesota. Who hates Iowa? We, we hate Iowa. Iowa. Leaders is what, division. Is what Minnesota, That's no, right. I think they're in the legends. Legends, oh, right? No, they're yeah. in the legends division. Sorry, that's my... The leaders are the legends. Both really good names, though. Oh, great names for a conference. Oh, yeah. That lasted for any... So anyway, you buried him yesterday. And then, at the end of the, de- at the, end of the show, you couldn't help yourself. You... You, for sure. No. Gumpy, definitely. And that toxic A.J. Hawk. Mm-hmm. You guys fucking murdered Gary V. yesterday. You what is your problem? Yesterday. Absolute scumbag. Oh, oh you're shit yeah. over there. Richie, you. Yeah, okay. B.J. Flex, fine. You don't go at Gary. Hell, you do not. Yeah. 
go at Gary. That's, I would like to let everybody know. Fox. You don't go to either of those guys. Okay, those no, guys no. bring so much positive to the world. And this is Positive Thursday. I thought there was a chance maybe you guys should say, yeah, we did make a mistake on Wednesday. We did, you know, say some things that led to us having this holiday of Positive Thursday to hopefully change the, you know, we're two weeks away from the draft spectacular. Here we I go. Know. I know. celebrating a little bit. I know. Listen, I... I was the first one to say, hey, if I could get my hands on a ticket to that snake oil conference that those guys guy. are running, I, I, Tom, I'd be guy. ecstatic, but you can't find them anywhere because everyone it? loves them. All right. All right. Just roll the boat, dude. Yeah, you got all of these. <laughs> Let's not forget that Tone also called uh, Guy Ferry a big scumbag as well. well by True. the way, that is his actual last name, a fairy. Uh, that is <laughs> it's a really cool yesterday. original name. I wouldn't have changed it. Now, anyways, so like everything that happened yesterday does not need to happen again tonight. <laughs> right. No. It's in the past. This is Positive Thursday. Yeah, mm-hmm. we like everybody. Everybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins is visiting the Packers today. What's Here we go. to be really good football. No, still, Tony. still, still ball. Just whenever he, it seems like there's just sometimes uh, he goes, sometimes he doesn't. Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, you're always going to go. Yeah. That's what Sammy Watkins is thinking. Why not make another run at this entire thing? You want a Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah. Guy won a Super Bowl. He's a deep thinker, too. Him and Aaron will have great mm-hmm. conversations. I think so. I think so. So you got that going for you. You're, swing- you're swinging an incredibly hot stick in Grand Slam champion right now. <laughs> I'm feeling very good today. It is a, a positive Thursday. We talked about FanDuel face-off uh, like a week ago, maybe, because mm-hmm. we had just learned about it last week. And we said, hey, super positive about FanDuel face. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a thing where you can actually win real money, mm-hmm. compete against people in, you know, uh, games of skill, I guess. Right. Sure. Because you, it's a video game you have to play. Yeah. There's a Grand Slam championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's you actually have to hit the right timing on when you uh, swing. There's actual strategy. It's a full-on video game that you can gamble using your FanDuel Sportsbook account. And if you uh, don't have sportsbooks allowed in your state, like it's available in like 30 states. It's mm-hmm. like the most – it was the most amazing thing we had encountered in some time. It's yeah. just a, a great – Time pass where you, you can bet like 60 cents mm-hmm. yeah. and win a buck, or you can bet like 12 bucks and win 20 bucks. But you need to know at this point of the game, one week in, okay, there's some sharks that have gotten to practice. Oh, that's right. And, and if you have, and they, they set you up against similar skill levels, mm-hmm. they say. But I just want to let you know that I've been getting gotten at Grand Slam Championship, oh. and it's not. Directly because of Ty, but if you happen to run into Ty in this game, it's a fucking loss. Mm-hmm. You're scoring over 400 points. The average, like people get to 200, they're pumped up. Ty's doubling, tripling people's scores when playing against them. You have to feel great about yourself in the Grand Slam Champions. Oh, yeah, feeling unbelievable. And like you mentioned, you know, the first couple of weeks when we were talking about it, it was you, you get a lot of head to head battles with same people who are. A lot of greenhorns on there right now. Yeah. So if you actually do get good at one of these games, I won like 150 bucks yesterday. Congratulations. So, I mean, he had a great Wednesday. Yeah, had I had a great Wednesday. Wednesday. So Even again, though, I mean, that's the world, right? Well, that was post There's no karma at all. Because in the show, uh-huh. the way you were talking, you would think karma would have said, no, no Grand Slam championships. But you did you're, yesterday. You were like, uh, it's it's hot right oh, now. Oh, yeah. That's hot. And by the way, he's like coding in the uh, social network. You know, when mm-hmm. they go into that house and the dude has the head, headphones on. Wired and in. Like, yeah, he's wired. Don't fucking talk to him. Mm-hmm. He's coding right now. That's that's what Ty gets in the middle of Grand Slam Championship. He's just locked in on his phone. He's going. So I've moved my talents strictly to Wheel of Fortune. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How's that going? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
that dude. <laughs> I ran into some buzzsaw. I don't know what the fuck they did, how they did it. They must have not bought a single vowel and were able to figure out words that were, I don't know, the longest words I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. You watch on TV with Pat and Van, it's a great game, good time. Mm-hmm. A lot easier than the one in this Grand Slam championship. I agree. I feel like practice here is a lot harder than it's going to be whenever you get on the actual okay. Wheel of Fortune. For mm-hmm. sure. Because I, I, I got eyes on uh, Wheel of Fortune last night. Uh, Pat and Vanna, because yeah. I've only been playing on the FanDuel face-off, where you can actually play Wheel of Fortune against other people and win actual money. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's the best. I'm a Wheel of Fortune person myself. I've said that a lot. You need a Jeopardy person in conversation. need a Wheel of Fortune person in every conversation that you're making. Two very different brains. Need both, though. Need both. I had my eyes back on Wheel of Fortune last night for the first time in like a month. I've been playing the Wheel of Fortune on mm-hmm. FanDuel face-off. Mm-hmm. Is that? That makes no sense. Watch the show. I think is making it much more difficult to do. That's why it's good. Competition. Run or, Give you a full that Wheel of Fortune. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're playing. I'm, I'm a blocks trial guy, yes, but Wheel of Fortune, like you just said, there are words damn near sentences that they put up on that board and I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, because normally on TV, they're like things you've heard of. Yes, exactly. Like phrases you've heard of and stuff. This, I don't think, unless we come from the wrong, I don't know. The explanation they have for under it is wrong like 85% of the time. Yeah, opinion. it's like quite a reach. Some yes, of them. Yeah. It sucks. I don't know, guys. I'm eight and one in cash games. I don't know what games you guys are playing. Oh, I don't know what right. books you're reading oh, or what shows you're this, watching. This guy. Super positive. <laughs> no, we're talking. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Hey, yeah. Positive okay. Good hey. work. Way to go. We're hoping to get like that one day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Keep trying. Down the road. You seen all my stars. I sent a screenshot. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I've won a lot in there, okay? But there's a 19,000 are just sitting right around the corner. That one was absurd. Mm-hmm. That's tough. What am I doing? Who? How? What happened? Could, be, just, could be a bot. No, no, they don't they have to. They, they, it's, it's regulated, mm-hmm. so they have to fucking... They'll wait for the opponent. <clears throat> uh, turn Diggs, what's going on, bud? I accidentally fucked around and got good enough to where I'm in like the upper level of Grand Slam champion, but I'm oh, the worst one in the yeah. upper level of Grand Slam oh, champion. Yeah. So I've now lost yeah, quite a the, bit of money. You're the youngest slam. kid in the grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed yeah. to being the oldest kid in the grade. Mm-hmm. Tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are two very different lives. We saw each other on the diamond yesterday. Tony oh, and I did. Oh, no. how'd it go? Yeah. You throw up a 270, something you feel pretty good about, and Ty fucking dunks on you with 385, and it's just. That's Jesus. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, Absolutely beat Tony's ass. On this particular super, <laughs> on this wow. particular super <laughs> positive Thursday, I think, like, for me, and I think for a lot of us mm-hmm. that aren't named Ty, like, I think we're only running into. Sadness if we go into Grand Slam Championship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it is. Stay out of there. They should put on a tournament. You got there should be like a heavy hitters, big dongs, Grand Slam Championship that Fandle puts together. I would love to. I have entered and cashed in a tournament. Those are pretty. Those are those are pretty difficult. You will get some absolute sharks in there. But yeah, I'd, I'll welcome all challengers. All right. Well, let's start uh, <laughs> chit chatting about football a little bit here. The Fandle faceoff is awesome. Yeah, it's a good it. time. It's a good pass timer mm-hmm. it's unbelievable it is and it's available in a lot of places mm-hmm. if you have to like wait for a couple minutes they're on the elevator or something like that it's perfect to get a game they're gonna have to get new games in there oh yeah sure for sure they're so, gonna have to get new some games. golf yeah need a golf game oh a golf game would be yeah. fucking yeah. awesome need that like longest drive or something that'd be easy too because mm-hmm. there's so many technology they already have in there oh, yeah. exactly basketball game stinks basketball it does game it's terrible it does bruce loves it though bruce loves <laughs> it yeah uh, joining, joining us now uh ladies and gentlemen is a man that we You'll be seeing a lot of this upcoming football season, which I am very excited about. A man who's a nine-year NFL vet, one of the smartest football players to ever play. I can only say that because I got to watch him work in 
second team meetings and such like that. Incredible athlete, played all the positions in the secondary host of the Man to Man podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Guys, my guys, what's good? Hey, what's the hoodie say? Assets over liabilities? You know it. Hey, big business talk, Ooh. DB. Big, hey, business. big business. You got a lot of assets in there in the stew right now. Yeah, we got a lot. We need Thank to get rid you, of the liabilities. Yeah. Very positive of you. Hey. Yeah, like right. super duper negative Wednesday. That's a liability. In the rear view. Okay. We're in super positive. Pos- yep, there it is. Super positive Thursday, D. But you know how it is. Uh, let's talk a little positivity here. Stephon Gilmore visiting the Colts. This is awesome. I watched zero snaps of Stephon Gilmore last season, so I'm not 100% sure how he played. He didn't play that much, I guess. But this is a massive thing if the Colts can get him uh, uh, signed. I guess Jim sent the big bird to pick his ass up and fly yeah. him into Indy as well. He's a Colt. Is this good or bad? I mean, I, I think it's great if we can get him. I still think he's got juice left. He uh, got on with the Panthers late, still uh, played good ball. Obviously came off an injury um, the season before, but he was defensive player of the year in 2020. Um, and like I said, can still play. You know, he's one of those guys who you can uh, feel good about a matchup if he's got to lock up with a one-on-one receiver. And with these big-time quarterbacks in that conference in the AFC, the more assets you can have in that defensive backfield, the better. So um, I think uh, if we can get Gilly Locke in the building, that would be a very, very good move for us um, for that secondary. I didn't even think about that uh, angle of looking at how stacked the AFC is because everybody just thinks about, oh, we should get weapons so we can match them. we got to be able to match. We've got to be able to match. We've got to be able to do that. But on the complete flip side there, it feels like the Colts have been very defense. Like, hey, we are going to have a stacked defense. It's been a commitment, I feel like, for a long yep. time. They traded a one to get the Forrest Buckner. That's a massive commitment. How would So Kenny Moe's there, right? Who will yep. run where? Who, who, who all do they have in the secondary? And that feels like that's one of the tops in the NFL, right? Yeah, you got Blackman coming back off an injury. Um, oh, so yes. Can, Julian, Julian Blackman. Julian Blackman. Hell of a player. Thank you, thank you for getting his name right, Connor. But yeah, oh, yeah. Blackman, okay, pal. Yeah, you. <laughs> Scumbags. <laughs> The positivity. That was the worst. That was a bad day. It's good to be a good guy again. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. Sorry about oh, that. It great. It's a great day. It's I'm a great day. Best. But we got Blackman <laughs> coming back. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, we just signed McLeod. I like McLeod. He's always around the ball, plays good ball. Uh, we lost Rocky Sin in the trade, but we got Yannick coming off the edge from the Raiders. Um, we need, I would say, we need a good two more legit guys in that secondary. So even if we do sign Gilly, we still need another top notch, either safety or corner to go out there. And uh, like I said, match up with these. Cause it's not only just the quarterbacks, it's obviously everybody's loading up with weapons on the outside. So in the secondary for me, you need like a legit six starters. It's not like the old days where you need four guys that go out there and start. You need legit six starters on that, uh, on that back end. Because if not, they will uh, attack. Right. If there's one, two weaknesses, you can have four yeah. great. But as soon as they find or they feel like is the weakness, there is just plays designed specifically for said person. Right. Yeah, it's matchup. It's a matchup game. So with these quarterbacks, especially with these receivers, some of these tight ends, you got to double these guys. Like you play the Raiders, you got to double Wally. You got to double Devontae. Somebody's got to get doubled. So that means those other DB's got to be able to win one-on-one matchup. So um, the better guys you can get out there, obviously, um, you know, the better your chances are to win, though. So you got to have them out there. Whether those are safeties that can do multiple things, like a Honey Badger. Yeah, where's he going? Or like Gilmore, who you can just say, hey, you got him, and now we can shift some other guys over this way and handle business uh, for the defense. So you got to have – 
And somebody's going to get hurt, too. You know, somebody's going to go down, and then the backup's going to come in half the play. So uh, you got to have uh, six at least legit uh, dudes by that. You see what the Patriots are doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got, like, four guys that can start, you know, at safety. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, obviously, you know, got Malcolm Butler back. Patriots have made some sneaky, yeah. good yeah. moves yeah. this offseason. I know a lot of yeah. people are talking about not having an offensive coordinator, but or defense. if Belichick is calling the offense, defense, and the special teams, I still feel good with that. Ah, oh, man, he probably is. Yeah, that God is a little scary right. to think about. Before, I was going to interrupt you there about Tyron Matthew, but I want to I want to follow up there about you saying you can have Stefan on somebody and have everybody else adjust. Is that person on the one uh, from the other team or is that person on the two and then you double the number one overall receiver? How does it normally go? It depends on your philosophy. So obviously everybody knows Belichick. He's the guy who's going to put his number two corner or the best press guy on the one guy, kind of how they used to do T.Y. and then put the deep safety over the top. Uh, some other guys are still put their best corner on the best receiver and still give that guy help. But, you know, I, I'm not of that philosophy. Um, if we're, I'd rather put my one on their receiver, uh, their second best option at receiver and let them handle business. So it, it really depends on your philosophy um, as a defensive play caller. Uh, but Gilmore, he, he's, he's not only uh, gifted athletically, but he's smart as hell, too. He's big, he's long, so he can match up with all type of different receivers that we're going to come across, you know, in the AFC. I was mind blown, and it's probably because I'm an idiot or whatever, but like, as soon as somebody told me, oh, yeah, we're going to put uh, the best corner is actually going to go on their second best receiver, and then they'll double the one. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, that is so smart. Like, that, because you just assume one on one, like, hey, just take your best guy against their best guy. And yeah. It's like, well, that was probably a mindset there for a bit until somebody's like, oh, we need to fucking double that guy. And then we can just. I mean, you got. And- you got you got to have a bad you got to have a bad motherfucker to do that too. Like you got to it's not too many of those guys like Revis for instance. Rex will put Revis on whoever was the other number 1 and just say all right, let's just forget about that side of the field and let's do all type of different shit on the other side. But it's not too many guys walking around like that. And it's hard to win in the in Hey, why was Revis so good, dude? Hey, right why was Revis so good, do you think? What was it? Ah, man, and we we both saw him in college, obviously in the, in the big. Yeah, East, I saw him run by strength. me in a fucking punt returner, one an SP. <laughs> fucking yeah, hey, yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, okay, that was like backyard brawl, did, y'all yeah. call it. Yeah, it was an award that it was on the show. They Positivity, super positive, super positive, super positive. 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 All right, back to the positive. Okay, so Revis, he was so his fast. Uh, his balance, uh, super um, patient at the line of scrimmage. Um, so I never used to watch it. I'm sure every corner that played during his era would watch some Revis film, but super patient would stay, would stay square and would basically dictate that receiver's release. A lot, a lot of routes are won and lost and those within those first five yards. And that's where Revis was dominant. He would either widen you to the sideline where you had no room uh, on that sideline to do outbreaking routes. Or if you were to go inside, he would just press you so uh, far inside. He just throw off timing. He had ball skills. Um, he had, you know, good speed. Like he had literally everything you would want uh, in a corner. He would come up and tackle. Um, so that's what made he checked every box. You know, ball skills, balance, strength, speed, explosiveness, and he was a big body as well. Hey, Western Pennsylvania guy, shout out. Shout out. Hey, hey good businessman, by the way. Shout, shout out. out. Good businessman, shout out. So he, I, I bet is. DB, one of those positions where picking the GOAT is impossible. You more so have to do like a Mount Rushmore or act like there's just a, a, a group of dudes. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it's not, 
you know, I think if you look at the corner position, you would say it's Dion for me. Let's that would go. be my pick. Okay. Other guys would argue. Um, some other guys, you know, you got Champ in the conversation. Some people say Revis in that conversation. Uh, uh, C. Wood, Rod Woodson, uh, Mel Blunt. If you want to yeah. go throw Hell back, yeah. I mean, there's so Hell many yeah. names. Uh, at the I'm safe position for me is Ed Reed. But people go Ronnie Lott once again. Rod Woodson. Um, it's so many names. Palomalu, uh, Brian Dawkins. Mm -hmm. Who's that? Palomalu. Who's that? Wow, Darius. <laughs> Wait, is that Troy? I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear the name. If you talk about Troy, obviously Palomalu. Yeah, he's in the conversation. But uh, it's a, it's a lot of I great ones uh, that played that DB position. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's he's got an expensive signature. Who? Troy. Yeah, he's got a fucking incredible sense of where everything's going to happen at, too. Which is good for him, right? Great, I mean, for, him. Positive, great for him. Positivity. Troy was unreal. Yeah, it, it was tough to make a Pro Bowl. Me, me and AB <laughs> talked about it on the five. If you were in the AFC as a safety with Troy and, and Ed Reed playing, I mean, you can pretty much give it up. <laughs> uh, we saw your Ed Reed tweet, D, but don't. don't. What was it? He's a bad. He said he's a bad. I mean, Ed Reed was. was I mean, player. Ed Reed, they asked who was the best. DB in the league since 2000. That's Ed Reed. That's not even a, it's not even an argument. And did you get attacked? No, nah, not really. Most people agree, but some, you know, people had their favorites. You, you saw Troy. You saw Champ. Champ Bailey has the most Pro Bowls, I think, by any DB. Um, C. Wood was in there. Revis was P. It was a PFF tweet that I retweeted. Oh. They had Revis oh. on there. Oh, okay. I mean, it's you know. careful. Hey, PFF, they look at all of it. They mm -hmm. got the stats, the analytics. You still blogging? Are you, are you still blogging for them? Yeah, uh, no, nah, not not yet. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get <laughs> back to draft? that conversation. You know, we've got plenty of times between now and, and September. We're, uh, we're talking. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah, okay. Good luck. But uh, P I mean, that's a weak point in, in PFF. Whoa. It's hard to grade coverages when you don't know what the hell is being talked about in those meetings. Um, if you're, you're got not getting thrown at, what's the grade looks like? And there's so many different ways to play similar coverages. So even me... I played corner, I played nickel, I played safety. But if I'm not in those meeting rooms that tell you, okay, we're going to play quarters this way this week against, you know, this team. But if Travis Kelsey's here at three as opposed to the backside X, we're going to play it this way. So it's just so many different conversations that happen in the meeting rooms on the sideline that it's hard to tell outside of, like, man coverage one-on-one, -on -one, you know, who's wrong, who's right in the coverage. So I would say if it was a weak point, there's strong points, quarterback grades. Punters. Weak point would be coverages for sure. Yeah, quarterbacks, punters, and kickers. They know those. Super, because it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean, D-Butt? Super obvious for that one. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, no. super oh, obvious no, in the no, punter yeah, line. Yeah, super yeah, obvious. Yeah. Hey, did it go? Yeah. yeah. All right. I I got How did it end up? Uh, kickers? Yeah. Did it go through? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> But it did, that does seem like that is a common thread through all different position groups of uh, football, saying, like, offensive linemen, I think, have a lot of issues with pro football focus in their grading. I think probably defensive linemen also have it. Every position basically has issues with PFF, because although, in theory, it is awesome. And I think it is a benefit to the football world 1,000%. Oh, yeah, I do think it does have an incredible place. But there are some guys that get really pissed off. Like, oh, you're telling me that was a negative play? Did you fucking hear that I was supposed to do that? <laughs> Literally on the sideline right before I got there's like that is probably a thought process at a lot of positions. Hey, but on the flip side, sometimes you come out. I come out of some shitty games. Hey, I got an eighty-eight PFF. Right. <laughs> <laughs> good job, guys. Good job. So it's, it's a give and take there. But uh, like you said, it is a great 
you know, tool is just not the one thing that you should just go to and point at and say, hey, this guy's better than that guy. But I can watch film on a guy. I can watch four games from that season and then look at all the data from the other, you know, 13, 14 games and then get a better picture. But um, you got to put the whole, you know, well, puzzle, that's, a whole hey, mosaic that's, together. That's that stats helps. as a whole. That's stats as a whole, D, but I mean. Yeah. You know, stat that. Stat that. Okay. Hashtag stat, stat, that. stat that. How's that going? Are we still? Oh, yeah. Stat that. Super positive Thursday. Yeah, super positive Thursday. Thursday. Stat that. Uh, last question uh, for you from me before the boys have theirs. Baker Mayfield chatted about his entire situation, and you have been a Baker Mayfield supporter. You didn't say, like, hey, this guy's top five quarterback in the league, but you have yeah. said, hey, he's still a starter in the league and everything like that. After listening to the You Never Know podcast uh, with uh, him and Mike, and the dog, the dog, the great dog. The dog was dog awesome. The show. Dog was the awesome. Dog, dog was awesome. Super chill dog. Such oh chill my God. dog. So cool. Positive. The vibe, though, there wasn't any anger. It didn't sound like there was any anger from Baker. It was more so like he's just very comfortable and content with like, yeah, I'm moving on. We're moving on. Like we're past whatever happened. He talked about some of the ups, some of the downs. I think some people on the internet got all pissed off because he didn't uh, accept accountability for the downs, but I think he did in other parts of the conversation. So yeah. I, very. How, what were your thoughts on him chatting for the first time, and uh, how do you think it pans out? I mean, I, I like that. I didn't have a problem with it. You know, he was open. Uh, it Me seemed, too. You know, it seemed like he was open. He was honest, and that's what people always say they want from people and athletes. And I think that's what he he was. You know, Baker's kind of been on been a guy who kind of wears his emotions on his sleeve. And you don't see that much from quarterbacks, especially. Um, and he talked about how he felt disrespected. You know, the team told you one thing, and they did another. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Baker. You know, that happens to damn near everybody in the NFL. And um, he's in a position where he's still guaranteed 18 and a half, you know, million this year. And I think he'll he'll get on somewhere. If I had to place a bet, I would say he starts week one in the NFL. Couldn't tell you where, but I would really? say he starts wow. week one um, in the NFL next year. But I, I didn't have a problem with anything he said. He felt disrespected. You know, four years four different coaches. You know, that could be looked at as maybe an excuse. I think his biggest mistake was playing through that injury last year. You know, when he played through that injury, that just devalues you, and that's going to put the, the Browns in a position where they're going to seek, um, you know, seek better talent at the position. If Deshaun Watson became available, if he's healthy, he's playing, he's a top, you know, five, six quarterback in, in most people's opinion. So uh, I think the Browns made the best move for them, and uh, now Baker's got to do what's best for him. It's a lose-lose for Baker being hurt. If he doesn't play, mm -hmm. well, does he care about his team? Yeah, other people have played through this. If he does play and he's inaccurate, well, this is what he is. I mean, what he it is that was a tough situation there. You know, don't that? play, don't play. You you guaranteed you now. This is not the situation. Everybody can't do this. A lot of guys who they just got to thug it out. They got to play through whatever because they will. They are very disposable. They could be up out of there and not guarantee eighteen and a half million dollars the next year. Baker wasn't in that situation. You ha you if you really can't go if you're in a situation where you're gonna put that bad film out there, like I would, if I was his his agent, I would say hey, you just gotta sit. So I know you really really want to play, and it's hard to stop a player from playing when they want to, but you can't put them. You can't you can't go out and put yourself in that situation because those coaches they get in the room after the season and when they're evaluating everything, hey. Let's look at these. Look at these PFF numbers. He, he's <laughs> look at it. We got to move on and upgrade. So uh, he shouldn't have played, but I think he'll uh, have an opportunity to redeem himself next year going forward. They could have stopped him a couple games into it too. I mean, it was a long, long part of the season yeah, yeah. where it was like, hey, it's obviously affecting your play. But you know, Baker Mayfield, I think 
wears his emotions on his sleeve. Like, that's a big part of him. Like, hey, I'll play through anything. I'll do anything. I think that's what he wants to be known as as well. But business-wise, it seems like it is certainly backfiring in yeah. all of it right now. But where he said in uh, uh, You Never Know podcast, I think he said, if I was to ask this like a week ago, it would be Indianapolis. But I guess Matt Ryan got signed. And then yep. he said, now Seattle. But he knows nothing. He said, I know nothing. Yeah. But he, he would like Seattle. He would some, not likes. He mentioned Seattle as potentially being a landing spot. I don't remember the exact reference. I don't want to put any words in his mouth. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the, you know, them and Carolina, but Carolina's, you know, the reports have already come out. It was mutual, you know, disinterest there. Um, it's not too many other landing spots that, that we can see right now. But, um, I mean, I, I hope he gets back out there and gets. Yeah, you know, you're I, saying I, I he's starting day one. Wow. Suck, at least suck from being healthy. This is positive Thursday. Mm-hmm. I want to see Baker get out there and redeem himself. All right, let's there, go. It there it is. There it is. Hey, Baker. so do we, by the way. So do we. But it feels like. I, there's not a lot of options. Hopefully, he gets a chance to nah. kind of do his. Tannehill had a similar. Yeah, yeah true. You know, Tannehill had a similar. Like, was it the situation? Was it him? Then he gets opportunity. Then he goes, and you have Derrick Henry as a running back. Yeah, helps. I mean, that, yeah. there's a, there's a, not that they Jarvis Landry too. Last year, he played through uh, some bad injuries. So I think whoever signs uh, Juice, I think whoever signs whoever gets Landry in the building is going to get a steal uh, because oh, yeah. him healthy, he's one of the best receivers by far in that uh, slot for sure. Did you text Chris Ballard that or no? Uh, I put it out there. Uh, you know, Ballard, Ballard don't listen to shit I say, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a plan. He trusts the buy, And as he should. You know, everybody has their different philosophies um, about, you know, going about how they do their business. And obviously, Chris has been successful. But, uh, you know, we're getting we're, we're, we're getting impatient. Yeah, I We're getting say. impatient. Chris knows that, but he, he's got a plan. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck what I say either, man. <laughs> Yeah. He actually he actually documents it and then he comes on. I mean I'm taking it on the shins, okay? <laughs> and I deserve it, whatever. But I mean, we did we did a little patience, please. Yeah. Jeez, us getting Matt Ryan was huge. Massive. Oh yeah, that was very Dude, big. At least wide receivers now, like Jarvis Landry. If we were to chat with him, would be like, yeah, all right. Got I mean, Matt Ryan can give me the ball. I think that is something that could happen. He's known to be pretty accurate. Let's go ahead and make a play. Need to stack up on the offensive side. Debo. Of Debo, Debo, let's go. Uh-oh. We got the money now. That 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 would be a dream come true for Matt because that's what we need to make this Matt Ryan move, you know, look good or make sense because he's not a you know dynamic quarterback that's going to beat you with his legs or Ooh. extend plays or that's do things that aren't on the play positive. sheet. He's a guy that knows football. He knows offense. He knows defenses, okay. and he needs receivers that can win matchups. And then playmakers that you just got to get. Debo is a guy you just get the ball in his hands and let him do what he do. So I would love having that guy. His attitude, how he attacks the game, uh, how he plays ball. I would love getting Debo in the building. But he's, he's done in Miami. San Fran would be mm. absolutely uh, out of their minds to let him out of that building. Yeah, they got to figure out the Jimmy G situation still. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, San Fran's got a lot going on. And Schrager told us, yeah, they take their time with stuff too. Like it just happens on their time. Like Kittle got paid when the Niners wanted Kittle mm-hmm. to get paid. Juice got paid when. When they wanted him to get paid. Mm-hmm. So Debo wants to get paid. Awesome. The Niners will pay him when they want to pay him yeah. or they'll move on. It's interesting that that is just how they're known. Like, yeah, Lynch and Shanahan were just kind of, it was kind of do. Wait. Yeah. 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 Kinda hey, do. but you know, some, you know, Pittsburgh was like that too until AB got paid. And now obviously that didn't work out long term for him. But you always, you know, Deshaun Watson just got 230 fully guaranteed. Oh, Debo hey, said 25 happy. up. I don't want it. 
Hey, all the wide money receivers are starting to ask for that type of money, D. But you think that's worthy? You think there's enough wide receivers out there that uh, that they are actual game changers, right? Because doesn't a wide receiver need a quarterback to do well? That's what GMs are saying. Whenever, yeah, they- I, yeah, yeah, Mo- most dependent position on the field. So it, it's hard to spend that type of money uh, on a wide out and then build a winning roster around it. Um, Debo, so for the Colts, I think it would make sense because we got a short-term window, obviously, with Matt Ryan that we want to win. And then we're going to be, I would think, at least making a play in the draft in these next couple of years to get a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. So we'll be able to afford it. But other teams that got quarterbacks making, you know, 40-plus a year, which is the going rate for them now, uh, that, it wouldn't be a good move for for them, but um, different different teams. Obviously, situations are situational. Bingo! Debo, wow. Yeah, Debo. I think he will be worth it, especially and that would make sense for uh, Indy, in my opinion. But it sounds like that's going to be the new thing. Whenever a quarterback gets paid, uh, wide receivers getting paid as well, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. almost like a a bundle package that is going to start happening almost. But if you're the wide receiver, can't help the wide receivers for being like, no, no, yeah, we want that money as well. We're a big part of that money that quarterbacks are getting. I'm catching. So, like, they need, right? Mm-hmm. Don't yep. you? Too. So, like, you're going to pay me. And they have the leverage right now, too, I think, some because this is like a precedent getting set. Yeah, once that market is set, it's, it's, it's tough to go back. And, and I think D-Hop kind of said it a couple of years ago. Obviously, Devontae. Tyreek. got um, Ty Hill. He just got 72 guaranteed. Diggs just got 70 mm-hmm. guaranteed. Christian Kirk went and got paid. So, uh, yeah, corners. Somebody. Corners, we we need to catch up. That's 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 the issue right Amazing. now. We're kind of lagging behind in that market. And I love that JC Jackson got paid, but I felt like JC Jackson should have reset that market. X Howard came back and got twenty five a year, I think. But JC Jackson was deserving of a twenty five a year type deal uh, because he's if you put him up against any other corner in the league, it's hard to say another guy is better. Uh, than J.C. Jackson, but he's out there in yeah, L.A. and he's Chargers. happy with his yeah. deal, I'm assuming. So hey, good for I'm the Chargers. Chargers. Good for the Chargers signing J.C. because we could have we could have. Go yeah. ahead, Ty. Debo, when you look at some of these young D-backs in the draft, and like Jeff Okuda, he's not done yet. He's still early, but he, he hasn't. And some of these other guys, they haven't really performed up to where they get drafted at. How do you know when a guy is actually like a guy in the NFL and in, in the D-back like that? Because like, Derek Stingley and Sauce, they're both saying that they might be you know two of the best players in the draft and they're more yep. ready than everyone. But how do you actually know when a guy's, okay, he's going to be able to handle this or he he won't? Man, it, it's it's tough. It, it's rare to just know because uh, just like most positions, quarterbacks, are, it's about you, who's, who's around you. You know what other players are, are around you, what other veteran players, what coaches, what type of scheme are you? Are you drafted in the right scheme for you? Now, with some corners who are just like last year, you had J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain. I felt like both of those guys were you know no brainers. Patrick Sertain was super polished. His dad was a pro. He was raised in the system. J.C. Horn's dad was a pro, raised around football, been around it, been coached up the right way all their life. Um, so that has a lot to do with it as well. But coming in as a young DB, especially a corner, is really about your, your supporting cash, your pass rush. Um, so J- Okuda went top three, I believe. Three. You know, went to Detroit, yeah. didn't have a lot of great Herbert surroundings uh, with them. So uh, it's still room for him to grow, but it really depends on who's around you, who's coaching you up, who's helping you out in those meeting rooms, who's helping you prepare. Because playing in college, I mean, a lot of these guys come in the league and don't even know how to backpedal, can't ID, don't know difference of coverages, don't really know formations. And then you're playing against quarterbacks what? every week. What? What happens? Who are making $40 million a year. It's a different ballgame. 
What? They don't know how to fucking backpedal? What do you mean? Just, so in college, it's just Literally. like no coaching. It's just like, hey, listen. Hey, uh, do it. Go get the ball. Do, Run. Do, hey, do, that guy. Like, you got him. Press, lock up, however you need to do it. Go. Do, you know, coaches, I mean, you're winning. You're winning your matchups. You, that guy's better. And you're probably seeing a quarterback that's like legit maybe three, four times a year. But then you get it to the NFL – 17 weeks, like you got, you know, it, it's, it's, these are dudes out there getting paid $40 million a year and receivers that's getting 20 plus a year for a reason. So it's a completely different ball game, uh, much less of room for error. And you have to play the game between your ears pre-snap during the week. So it's, it's a whole different ball game. So you got to do your research on these guys. And you also got to put them in a, in a good environment. Super humbling, huh? I assume for some guys and then some guys oh, yeah. can't handle it. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, as a DB in general, you got to have all players do, but especially as a DB, you got to have a short term memory. You're gonna get beat. Um, and high school, college, a lot of like with Sauce. I don't think Sauce Gardner is giving up a touchdown in what two years or something crazy Ever. like that. Like that, that doesn't really happen like that in NFL much. So you're gonna get humbled. Uh, my rookie mini camp in New England, I will make a play, and my DB coach will be like, hey. Brady and Moss gonna be here next week. That shit ain't gonna work next week. <laughs> Damn, Cole, let me let me let me get my shit off this week. So it is it's definitely different. It's definitely humbling, but uh, you got to be wired for it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's such a the position you have to be a Ferrari too. Like you have to because you're reacting to everything else, and then you have to know what's going on. It's yeah. insane. The and second. everybody's a fucking expert when you get beat too. So mm. it's it's not like yeah, you, you get hey. your D tackle, you blow an assignment, or a linebacker, you miss a gap. It's like, okay, let's put this replay on. Oh, yep, one-hand catch. Uh, Tied on Jamar Chase in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Darius Butler sucks. Yeah, you guys get dunked (laughs) on. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's like kicker-like isolation almost, too, because you're out in the Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere and you're getting beat. So you get, like, the kicker attacks potentially on a regular basis. Oh, Mm -hmm. no. Oh, no. You guys all right? Sorry. Everything all right? We good? Well, I'm just saying, you probably got killed a lot on the internet. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens. It's part of it. Like I said, you got to have that short. And you can have, you got 60 plays in the game. You got 57 great reps. You have two, three shitty reps. You're the worst corner in the league. But, you know, left tackle's got to deal with it, too. So, you know, there's certain positions that are like that. Man, that's insane. Go right ahead, tackles, too. I mean, go ahead, Connor. You know, every, the pass rushes are crazy now. Yeah, they, yeah. Oh, Insanity, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, go no ahead, Connor. Yeah, D-Bud, uh, you mentioned the Patriots having four safeties, and one of the guys, Jabril Peppers, is on a one-year deal, and he tore his knee last year. He hasn't really been as what everybody thought he was going to be. Why in New England do guys come in and just kind of have the best year of their career, then leave, get paid, and then eventually come back? Like, <laughs> Malcolm Butler, he's back already, and he, you yeah. know, got let go. And obviously, J.C. Jackson had to leave. So, why is that? You think? Uh, you know, like I said, the the research part of it, knowing obviously Belichick, he he'll see a guy and know, okay, this is what this guy does well. So let me put him in this position to excel, and, and then you're going to learn football on a different level than you ever learned it before. Uh, Peppers, I, I can see him coming in and being like a a Patrick Chung type player. I actually hit Chung up. Once they signed Peppers, like, hey, this guy reminds me. Do you see the same thing? He was like, yeah, I think the same thing. Uh, he can play in a run game. He can match. He can cover. Um, he can even pay, possibly be a returner um, if he comes back fully healthy. But I think a guy like Peppers, it's a lot of still untapped potential there. And he can definitely be another candidate who comes there, ball, goes somewhere else and get paid, and probably eventually comes back um, again. But Belichick does a great job of obviously identifying strengths 
and weaknesses and then putting you in a position to uh, excel. So what happens? Then you get to another team, and I'm not saying to you, but to guys in this particular case, and they're like, hey, this is what you did in New England, but we think you should do this. Is that what happens? And then they get put in a completely different role almost, and that's why they... It, yeah, you, you get Peter put in a different principle. role because because a lot, of, a lot of guys, a lot of these front offices, a lot of they don't, they don't know football like that. Like, literally, they don't know football. They can't watch film and say, hey, this guy would be good in this scheme. Like, they look at, you know, papers and analytics and numbers. And I, I will go on free agent visits, and I will, you know, have a visit and talk to my agent. And then my agent will tell me the guy that they're comparing me to, like, two completely different players. And I, I'm going another visit, same player, same comparison. Like, why am I keep getting compared to this dude? Oh, it's because you guys got the same – games the same reps the same stats so it is is literally that so, so that's why it's so many misses um especially when you're signing free agents um so if you don't bring a guy in that can literally fit in with the scheme fit in with the locker room a lot of times it's not gonna work um it, but sometimes it works backwards like i was in new england and my second year i struggled and, and i i sucked in that environment and how he coached and how he wanted me to play certain things and i went on other places and played better so it works different for different people uh, but that that's typically why it happens in uh, in New England for players when they leave, have some success or not success, and then come back and, uh, you know, let's back on with the Patriots. And I think Bill and them are happy to bring you back because you know how they're what they're expecting. You've already been there. Yeah. Like, hey, you know exactly what we're expecting. You know what we're running. Uh, you know how we run things. Like, let's go ahead and do that. It's like a comfort there, I'd assume. And then they get you at a at – a, at a, at a, discounted rate oh, once yeah. you you know yeah, you go to detroit like? and stink. yeah you remember what it was like in detroit you remember how about a little hometown discount <laughs> come on huh you don't remember what it was like other places terrible no fun no wins and you stunk we were lucky we signed you all right now good luck i'll see you at the meetings yeah because bill's the uh, negotiator right uh-huh. yeah that's hilarious and wild offense coordinator defense coordinator maybe special teams coordinator uh head coach general manager lead counsel Bill Belichick. Lead scout. Lead scout. I love this dude. I love him, man. He's never man. stopping. Josh McDaniels. Happy birthday to him, I think, right? Uh, Saturday. Happy birthday. Coming up or last Saturday? Uh, coming up. The 16th. No, uh, no, it's positive 30. I can't wish him a happy birthday. Dude. Uh, dude. I got you. Lifetime beef with Josh. Oh, no. Bill. No, no, Bill. 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 Oh, oh, happy birthday, Bill. Happy birthday, Bill. Hey, happy birthday. Bill. Happy yeah. birthday. We'll dive into the Josh thing later. (laughs) That sounds like a great story. We don't have to do it right now. You know, it's awesome. I will remember that, though, whenever something happens with Uh the Raiders. Can't wait for that. Uh, Go ahead, Tone. D-Butt. I mean, that threw me through. I thought this was lifetime. Thursday. Yeah, he did. It is positive. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, let's go. we got Little lifetime beef. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. D-Butt. Well, you know, you, uh, Ty brought him up earlier. Um, Sauce Gardner is everybody's number one right now, but when Derek Stingley Jr. was a freshman and he was locking down Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, he was talking about being a number one overall pick when he eventually yeah. came out. Um, what do you know about this guy? Is it just because of the injuries that he's fallen slightly, or, or have you studied him at all? Yeah, honestly, I don't think he's. I don't think he's falling. You know, as long as he showed he's healthy, he, he ran fast at his pro day. He had good field uh, field work. And all of my LSU guys that talk about, obviously, a lot of talent come through LSU, especially the DB position. They speak very, very, very highly of him. And I think the scouts kind of have that same thought of him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first corner Ooh. off the board. I'm waiting for Mitts, uh draft 4.0. But I wouldn't be surprised if Stingley's the first corner off the board, um, showing that he's healthy, showing that he can still – because. Uh, evaluators, coaches, you know, you got these egos. You feel like, hey, I can get that guy to play 
back at that level that everybody saw him at in that same regard. Sauce Gardner, he's checked all the boxes. He's played, you know, uh, at a very high level. He did all the things. He ran faster than I thought he was going to run at the combine. So he's, I think, worthy and warranted to go be the first corner off the board. But I would not be surprised if Stingley's the first corner off the board. His athletic ability, I think his ceiling may be higher. Uh, but uh, uh, Sauce is the more, you know, ready pro. What are you doing for the draft? You with the pro football uh, focus, folks? Uh, not sure yet, man. My oh, draft we need you. Man. Yeah, we, we need you. Yeah. We need you at Draft Spectacular. We're looking back on last year, trying to uh, you know watch some film and learn from our mistakes. Uh, the first <laughs> draft pick was until 59 minutes into the Draft Spectacular. So yeah, we're yeah. going to beat that. We're not going to do that again. Uh, uh, gonna... Uh, it's going to be interesting what story breaks right before oh, yeah. the draft this year. I'm sure it'll be something. Day of, day before. Yeah, I'm sure some, some, some things are being collected right now. Be some smoke, too, as people make their final, oh, fuck it, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that decision. Rob said uh, possibly Baker. Baker Mayfield, maybe. All right, so hey, so you're joining us for the draft spectacular. Awesome. I'm up there. Let's do it. Okay, yeah. all right, good. Here we go. All right, this is sweet. Woo. 14 days away. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, nine-year NFL vet, host of the Man to Man podcast, Darius Butler. Super Positive Thursday. Yeah. Good holiday. Super Positive Thursday. Positive Feels great. It's good, good holiday. Good yeah. holiday. Great holiday. holiday. And just like any holiday, we did we did fall out of the spirit a couple different times in the first hour, mm-hmm. and it's you know difficult not to stay on track all the time. But you know, and for me, I think today has been a success because we have celebrated a man that just yesterday. You tried to tear down the fucking pieces True. for a good 10, 20 minutes for out of nowhere, which actually caused us to have this super positive mm-hmm. Thursday because what you did led to everybody feeling like they could say stuff about a five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, New York Times bestseller. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have Super Positive Thursday because of you. I hope you feel good about it. I feel great. And, you know, I feel bad about Gary because he was really just taking ricochet shots from P.J. Fleck, who you were, you were mentioning Carmen in the first hour. Look at this. He's, you know, one, number six best head coach in college football under 45. Yeah. I feel like I'm part of the reason they wrote that article. Oh, you to bring him back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe it's Karma in the opposite direction, and now they can shine light on, hey, P.J. Fleck isn't just your, you know, run-of-the-mill snake oil salesman. He's actually a great football coach. He's top coach. six, dude. You exactly. need to relax. This is Super Positive Thursday. Super Positive Thursday. Thursday. They were saying. I'm saying what they were saying. At Boston Connor, the the mullet looks fantastic. Oh, it's thank great. you, Pat. Uh, it feels more positive today, if anything. It does. It's glowing. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's I radiating. watched it. Yeah, thank you. What? Yeah, you look great. No, you look great. No, you look great. No, come on. You look great. Well, I'm getting away because I stopped the keto, but I, thank you. I did some curls earlier making me feel okay. good. I mean, you're doing intermittent fasting. You're not just completely off the wagon. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm trying. Crushing it. Thank you, too, dude. No, come on. That's what Super Positive Thursday's all about. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm happy we could be an example for you, Tone Diggs, who's inevitably going to turn negative. What and are you I talking know about? In the back back there, your little oh. hammered down cowboy twin, <laughs> he's wearing a shirt. He's been smiling a lot. Team I just want you to know, hey, happy Super Positive Thursday, gum. You guys say whatever you want about Jackson, but I draw the line at Brittany. That's right. All she's done is loved her, man. You leave her alone. That's oh, yeah. super positive. Yeah. Super positive. Yeah. Thank you, Gumpy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And joining us now is a man who was also a rather large reason why Super Positive mm-hmm. Thursday mm-hmm. was created. Yeah. A man who floods himself with toxicity daily, both through his Broken fingers in his cell phone and his everyday just acknowledgement of how the world operates. A college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, the number seven ranked 
college linebacker of all time Whoa. from a group of people that do rankings that we don't always agree with. Right. Sure. But still worthy of the conversation, oh, the best yeah. college linebacker of all time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Ohio State Buckeye, AJ Hawk. Yeah, AJ! Happy Positive Thursday! Yeah, it feels good. Isn't every day a positive day for us, though, I feel? Well, that's the problem, is you're not treating today any different than you do yesterday, and that's a little worrisome because we've all been celebrating Super Positive Thursday right. yep. for the first hour, and you're already trying to deflect and get us off track. This is Super Positive Thursday. It's different than every other day, AJ. I'm glad to be a part of it then. I'm, I'm looking forward to having a couple very, very positive hours here ahead. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Brian Kelly. Yeah, what happened? What happened with him? Okay, so there are reports on the internet that Brian Kelly posted on his Instagram story a picture of a tweet that says, everyone who is connected with sources inside the current program knows that the Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame athletic director is retiring in two years alongside President Jenkins. Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick. Jack wanted to please the people so he didn't search for a coach and just hired Marcus. Hope he made the right choice. But I doubt it. That comes from the Twitter account Stinky12302121. There's a big glare right there. Honestly, yeah, five, three. 17302153. At Stinky17302153. Okay? okay? So Stinky posted this on Twitter. Somehow, Brian Kelly screenshotted it. It meant to send it to somebody on Instagram or uh, meant to just, you know, maybe butt out or maybe whoever runs his Instagram put this out oh. there because Coach O, former LSU coach, was giving pep talks to the Notre Dame staff Correct. and uh, in team. And Coach O said, well, yes, now you are winning that, man. And <laughs> he said, with this staff, you're going to win it all mm -hmm. or whatever. So Brian Kelly posts this talking shit on his guy that used to work for him, Marcus Freeman. So we snoop around a little closer. Who the fuck is Stinky? 17302153 or whatever the fuck it is. Who is this? So I go to Stinky's account. Oh, yeah. Stinky's got one tweet. Okay, now they deleted this particular tweet. This is the other tweet. It's in a reply response to somebody talking about Coach Freeman. High school coaches know Freeman's been on shaky ground since day one. They're telling their kids to find a more stable landing spot. Ooh. So Stinky17302153 appears to have quite an axe to grind on whether or not Freeman's going to be a good coach or not at Notre Dame, or whether or not he's going to have a job in two years when the AD and president inevitably retire. So you think to yourself, well, there's no way, you know, that Brian Kelly would be this obvious. So then you have to go check Stinky 17302153. Who do they follow? Who are their followers? So you look at who they're following. The first person that they are following, Brian Kelly. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So then they follow Brian's son, Brian's daughter, Brian Polian, who is a Polian, who's a special teams coordinator. Uh, I don't know. He went to LSU with him. He was with him in Notre Dame. I know him from back in Colts days, basically, and he's a special team guy. And basically everything else associated with the Tigers down there. So you automatically assume to yourself, there's no way Brian Kelly would be running a burner account just burying Coach Freeman. That, that wouldn't be happening. No way. No. But then he screenshots it allegedly and puts it on his own Instagram story accidentally, and then he has to delete it down. We don't know if that's true because we didn't catch it when it was live up there, but somebody reported it, and that picture looks pretty damning, but the internet can Photoshop. So is Brian Kelly stinky 17302153 on this super positive Thursday, AJ Hawk?
Why though? He hired Marcus to campus to Notre Dame. Is this did it, like there had to be something going on? If this thing, if this is true, why does Brian Kelly? Does he just want them to stink so it makes him look better? Like, hey, I'm the only one that can win there. Now, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it has to be for recruiting, right? This is probably for recruiting purposes. Mm-hmm. Maybe Are they really recruiting against each other a lot, though. LSU and Notre Dame. I mean, I'm sure they're the big time guys. I guess. You know? I don't know. I have no idea. And mm-hmm. who is Coach Brian Kelly sending that to in his Instagram? Is Was he, he just pissed too because well, Coach O said like yeah. pumped up the staff how great they were, and he's probably never said that about Brian Kelly. Yeah, I'd assume. Yeah, it's like the ex-girlfriend going to fuck, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're dating, uh, we might as well. Exactly. You know? We know anything about But Brian, Brian Kelly, Kelly left on his own. He didn't get pushed out. No, yeah, well, that's that's why we're saying this is guy is a maniac if this is the case. That's what we're saying. Like that's what we're saying. That's what but, we're trying to say to you. Like he should be happy for his guy getting a head coaching gig, actually, because that's like his coaching tree potentially growing and everything like that. But if he but that wouldn't be the case because it seemed like he screenshotted it. Well, and he also didn't he when it first came out, like Marcus Freeman, he wanted him to come with him and make him the highest paid mm-hmm. coordinator in in the nation, and he was just like, you know, I don't, th- I think very quickly he was like, no, nah, I'm staying at Notre Dame because it was before the bowl game. You know, I don't want to do that to these guys. So I wonder if it does go a little deeper. But then you think, well, this is too obvious. This might be somebody impersonating, you know, Brian Kelly. More obvious, the less obvious, though. That may be what they're thinking. Well, I, yeah, exactly. I think maybe you would think somebody's trying to set up Brian Kelly by running a burner that is too clearly Brian Kelly, which has happened on the internet before. People have acted as if they were somebody else's burner account and made it too obvious. Mm-hmm. Made it too it was like way too obvious. Can't do it. It got sniffed out. You know, almost a catfish burner account, which is a wild thing, but that is what the internet does. But him posting it on his story is kind of like the uh, you know, smoking gun out there. It's like, well, he knows it exists. And it follow it's almost like too obvious the first follow is Coach Brian Kelly. I has no, the only other fault, the person following him is one person, and I think they just started following him within a day because mm-hmm. it was like a uh, college podcast, like yeah. a college football podcast, I think. Well, and the timing of the tweet doesn't make any sense for him to put it on because it's from January 4th. Like, was he going through Stinky's profile and then saw, or did he just search Freeman on Twitter and then look for the worst one? It, like, it doesn't make any sense. Go back to the uh, Instagram story. Oh, I yeah, 1 4 he had that stored in his phone, right? If he saw yeah, it. had to have. And if nobody saw it. Who liked it? Well, the one like was from, um, oh, fuck. Anyone important? I think or? I looked. I don't think it was important. Yeah. I don't think it but was like, important. I need to. For, I mean, we for this to happen, you're right. Brian Kelly does have to be a lunatic. But uh, and I'm going to say it's the most positive way possible. Um, his entire career, he has been a lunatic. Um, but in like a good way that makes you win football games and you know, make bad decisions with windy practices and like do weird accents for recruiting and stuff like that. But yeah. well, it's family. Mm-hmm. I can't judge him. By the way, I would. If you had me around a bunch of high highs going on, <laughs> uh-huh. and then you asked me to go speak at at night, and I might have had a wine or two. I'm probably going, hey, how are we doing down there? Yeah, yeah we <laughs> are kind of the champions of that. Yeah, Pat steps foot inside of Texas and immediately a bolo tie sprouts with a cowboy hat and boots and boom, crushes I, it. Boom! When in Rome, they say, right? <laughs> Except for that, I guess. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, that tweet was deleted, so I don't know who liked it. There was somebody that liked this stinky one, and it was Richard1913054, and that person's last tweet publicly is them trying to enter one of our contests. So, uh, so, who do they follow? So I think... Uh, so I, yeah, it's just, full, full circle. Yeah, what's think, he going to say, though, when they ask about it? What's he going to say? 
Um, I don't run my socials. Man. I, honestly, I don't understand technology. Yeah. They, they yeah. follow like every single sport mascot, it seems like. 77 people, so that's a lot of fun. The Notre Dame mascot. But anyways, the uh, I did not see the Notre Dame mascot in there, but it was a lot of mascots. I saw Gritty there. And, oh, okay. And okay. Sort of Big mascot. But that's wild, dude, isn't it? That's insane. Because that means Brian does run his... Instagram or whoever does run his Instagram is getting fired promptly. Yeah. Unless it's a family member. Maybe it's, and that's why Ooh. they follow the, uh, his son and his daughter. Maybe it was one of them. Like, I'm sick of people. Or Bill Pulling runs it. Right. It's a lesson, though. Isn't that a lesson, though, for coaches or somebody? Don't have your family members run your family. account because you can't blame it on them and fire your family member. Yeah, you can, you can certainly say he got hacked or somebody made a mistake that is not a family member. The, um, the thought, though... That he runs that burner, screenshots it, mm -hmm. sends it to somebody who runs his Instagram. Hey, hey a friend sent me this the other day. <laughs> hey, Brian <laughs> Kelly says, hey, a friend sent me this the other day. Just something to remember, you know what I mean? If anything goes on social media, you know, you're doing that little thing. And then that accidentally gets sent. Like, So somebody other than Brian Kelly has to know his burner if it's somebody else posting on the Instagram, right? So if he yeah. comes out and says it was somebody else that did it, it was my intern that did it. So the intern's also running the burner account? Oh. Mm, yeah, that's... There's no real good way out of this. I feel like it's other insane. than, hey, I got half. <laughs> right? But who, then who's running the burner? So the burner account was being run in January 4th for this hacking situation to do this? That's wild. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of twists and turns to this one. How do you get out of it? I mean, Brian will find a way. Oh, yeah, yeah, you just got to yeah, ignore yeah. it. Dan. You, figure, you just ignore it and move on. And Brian will find a way. Did they already have their spring game? Yeah, he doesn't even have to answer. Did you see how many fucking deep balls we threw? <laughs> yeah. So apparently, like, when he first uh, went over to LSU, he changed his profile photo and banner to LSU stuff before the, the news came out. Did you guys know that stuff already? Okay, so go on. What so I'm game? saying he probably does run himself, right? Because no person that actually runs social media would do that early. Yes, they would. What do you mean? What's happening? I don't know what you're talking about. So you're saying because the to banner release the profile photo and the banner of yeah, LSU that would stuff? be that would be like a social media team move. I think. Oh, I think yeah. they would personally. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know a lot of people that just run other people's social medias though. You know, like oh. I have met a couple, and it's fascinating to dive into their world a little bit on how they operate and everything. But I think their only mission is to just make sure. Yeah, but um, Brian's—he's an old, you know. Like it feels like he, it, like that generation. Yeah, but he's dancing on the thing. He's, he's, yeah, he yeah. gets it. Oh, he, he definitely gets it. But I don't know if he's taking his time to actually do it, just because he's all on. He's on only ball. sixty. So he told sixty's old. He's lived. Yeah, but yeah, sixty's <laughs> not old anymore. No, for sure. But in the social media age, 60 is very, very old. old yeah. yeah, but he's been, he has to DM people probably like fire emojis yeah. and shit. Yeah, right? he uses it for recruiting probably. Hold on, who had to sing that Justin Bieber song the other day? We saw we, oh, yeah. we a college coach had to sing a Justin Bieber song. Hey, you Why? Is it you Miami or Louisville? Uh, so the, a kid would commit. They did, the guy did it. He sent it back. Pretty good singing, but song and dance fucking puppet for a 17-year-old. But wait, did it? Did this potential recruit say, hey, if you sing Bieber, I'll, re I'll commit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then Kyle yeah, Herman did it. I might do it, too, if I was the coach and I Tom wanted to hold on to my job. Jesus. Tom Herman did it. Yeah, Tom Herman oh. did it. Your guy. AJ. Wow. What's that? Who, who's the quarterback? Who is it? Uh, I assume he's pretty good at football. He better be. Is Tom Herman's assistant with the monkeys? He's a linebacker. Nice. It's a good, I mean, Bieber's very good, so I understand the request. <laughs> 
<laughs> Super Positive Thursday. Yeah. I agree. Could you imagine? You know I'm a Bieber fan. Could you imagine doing that for a living? So am I. Could you imagine doing that for a living, though? I, that's a special person. I would have like my my 11 year old daughter film it. Hey, hey, can you hold this phone? I, I got to do this little dance and sing and everything. She's like, Oh, great, Dad. Sounds good. Here's Tom Herman singing Justin Bieber song to get Texas linebacker Demarvian Overshone to commit. Okay, so do we have the video? Yeah, let's run it. Ah, Texas has a lot of people that probably take us down. Why? Yeah, Why would you take it down? This is a good story. Oh, not the way we're, I mean, the way I'm talking, like, I would never in a million years do this. I don't know how. Yeah, but you could say, he's hey, he's all anymore. in on this program. The coach oh. wants to win. Oh, he's out. Unless he went back, because he was a coach at Texas. Did he go back yeah. to Sark? And then Sark. Right now he's listed, last year he was a offensive analyst for Chicago Bears. So, so this is old? It's an old story? So this is just coming out about him now? No, because I thought the recruit posted on his... his Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And his Instagram saying that he was committing. Hmm. Maybe he's just putting in some extra work. Whatever the case, he was singing for a 17-year-old. And that's the type of commitment that I don't have, but I have the utmost respect for yes. all those college coaches out there that are doing the song and dance. Literally, the song and dance. <laughs> Do we really think though that this recruit requested it? Like, he, do you think he just got yeah, back? Yes. I didn't. Yeah, we yeah, saw exactly. the entire D, the entire DMs. It was like, hey, you sing this, I'll you sing Justin Bieber, I will commit to, to the school or whatever. Okay. I literally saw it and I almost puked, and then I came back and it just got brought up again here. Mm -hmm. I just heard it and I almost puked. Yeah. Well, just the whole story is. Hey, this dude's a fucking ball player, though. Oh, yeah. He better hey, be. This dude is a ball. Do you have the screenshots, too, of the message or whatever? The whole story? Or do you just have... I will commit if you sing that one Justin Bieber song, is what he said. And then here's Tom Herman coming back. Stop the song. I can't take it anymore. I can't what? do it. That yeah, happened. That was it. It was an audio message? It wasn't even video? All right, go back to it. Yeah, go back to it. <laughs> it was audio. Oh, for you, I would have done whatever, and I just can't believe we in together. I mean, pretty good, pretty good voice. Pretty yeah. Good Wait, who was that? It's Tom Herman. That was Tom Herman and the kid, or just Herman? Well, Are we positive geez. it was Tom Herman? That's I don't know. Yeah. Are we positive it was Tom Herman? We are not. No, I just can't find it anywhere on the internet. So that's oh no. no, he's not the Look coach. Look for his uh, socials. Overshown. But he's not the coach at Texas, so this the timing seems a bit odd. Yeah, it might be one of the uh, recruiters. Uh, is, the, is the guy with the monkey and the stripper still there? That's what I was wondering first and foremost. Definitely. Whatever I happened really with that? Down. Do we ever hear what happened with that? Mm, no, is the monkey still so. there? I hope. Yeah, because the people came in and went into the monkey space. That was what they said in court. And there were signs that said, Listen, "Stand your ground." I'm going to do my research on this. Tom Herman did not deserve this. If it was, if it was not Tom Herman. Okay, hold on, let me see. I literally seen it and almost vomited on the. Like I, I literally almost puked. I was like, "Man, how do people do that?" Insane. How, how, but hey, hell of a football player. He plays really well. You guys win. I guess you just make a bunch of money being a coach somewhere. Is that how it all works? Oh, he's a he's a senior, yeah. so. DeMarvion Overshone is a senior at Texas. So, yeah, this could have been when Tom was there. And this was uh, okay, so this story okay. is just getting leaked right now. Okay. Oh. All right. Okay. Allegedly, uh, Tom Herman tried to fight Mike Vrabel at an Ohio State practice a couple years ago. How'd that go, AJ? AJ? 
I don't know who. Where did Nick hear that? Uh, just reading it. A couple of Ohio State guys had a podcast and they were talking about it. Uh, Herman was the OC, I think. Vrabel was linebackers coach, and they got into it a little bit. Nobody Whoa. wants to fight Mike Vrabel. No. Right? I mean, that's yeah. I don't. I doubt he wanted to get physical. <laughs> <laughs> There's also that one Ohio State coach who definitely wanted to fight Tom Herman. Um, oh yeah, the uh, Ryan locked himself in a room or something. Something with his wife. Yeah, Who? there's a bunch of legend stories. I think he has a podcast now. He does that mm-hmm. whole thing. He and Tom Herman like got into it publicly, right? Whenever yeah. Tom got signed or whatever. Super Positive Thursday. Join us now. Super Positive Thursday. Super Positive Thursday. <laughs> Joining us now, uh, a guy who was a coach. Hey, we're talking about the college football coaching world, and if that song's real or not, where somebody had to sing a Bieber song to land a commit, and they're doing that, like, okay, a lot of respect for that commitment. I can never do it in a million years. Then in the NFL, the amount of hours it takes and what you have to go through to be a coach, me and AJ have talked at length publicly, we can never do it. Hey, we do not. That is uh, something that's not for us. A man did that. And not only did he do that, he did it well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl champion. Woo. Friend of the program. Ladies and gentlemen, making his triumphant return to this show after a couple-year lockdown as a coach in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, A.Q. Shipley. A.Q. Man, great to see you. How are we doing, guys? God, it's great to see you, dude. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. I feel like um, since it's super positive day, it was only fitting that you brought the most negative human on, on your show. You. Yeah. Well, that's the only reason why I brought you on today, because it's a super positive day. Could have done it yesterday. Yesterday was super negative. Can't have you getting added into that. All right? Didn't need the storm to continue to brew. Today's super positive Thursday. At least you have a little bit of a mindset. Hey, we're going to be positive over here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Woo! You two. You two A's. Leaders and legends. Huh? You guys? Let's fucking keep it positive on the screen today. Okay? Let's right. keep it positive it. out here. AQ, why'd you rat out B.A. and Tom Brady to Rich Hornbuck? Wow. Why'd you do that? And how come you didn't tell us? How come you didn't tell us? I am still not happy about that, AQ. When did you start working for Pro Football Talk? I'm not <laughs> no, that was a while. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just curious as to how we're just guessing sources these days. Uh, I mean, it is a wild world. Uh, let's Wild talk, world. Let's talk about the coaching thing. And obviously, that was not you. I, the fact you even have to come out and talk about it is uh, specifically because I'm forcing you to do it. And there's a lot of other things to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, would you ever get back into coaching again? One-year coaching. Me and AJ, whenever we talk about it, we go, God damn, that is a profession we would never be able to do. You have to be able to, like, I think those professions are certain humans. Like, you have to be a certain human to do it. You did it for a year at a very high level in a place with a lot of people that you knew in a team that was good. What are your thoughts on coaching as a whole, and will you ever get back into it, you think? You know, I don't want to sit here and say never, but, I mean, at this time in my life, I just I, I couldn't justify it, right? I got two kids. I got a third on the way. Right, within the week, yeah. boys. Congrats. Within the week. Congrats. So uh, sometime the next week, we got the third third one coming. Little mini me finally getting a boy. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, pretty excited about that. But, you know, so for me, I mean, I enjoyed, I think I think we can all probably agree, like right? Like I enjoyed being with the boys. I enjoyed the game planning, the chess game, the Monday through Sunday, right? Like the, I, I enjoyed that part of it. It's just for me, you know, I got, I got these three kids under the age of four, you know, and, and for me, I just I had a hard time justifying not seeing them Monday through Friday. Like, I just I couldn't do that at this point in my life. And that's not to say that down the road, I mean, I'm, I may not get back into it. But, um, you know, I had a great time. I learned a lot from being on that side. I can't thank 
Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers staff. You hate that guy. Um, I love that guy. You know that. I mean, the guy employed me for 10 of my 13 years in this, in this business. So, um, you know, I, there's, there's not much else to get into besides that, except how much respect I have for him. AQ, can you walk us through a little bit of what your schedule may look like in the middle of the week? Like, when do you show up and when do you leave? Say, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, and that's, I mean, honestly, like, I think under Bruce, Bruce, I mean, you, you guys have heard him speak so much about, you know, family and not missing kids' games and things like that. So I was probably in the best situation that you can be in at this level because you hear the stories of staying until 12 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it is, right, during the week. And, you know, Fortunately for me, I was in a position where we weren't really doing that. We got our work in. We got in as close to out as you can say, right? But, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it was a grind. You were in there at 5.30 a.m. and um, really getting out of there by, you know, when you got your work done, hopefully by like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So, for me, you know, my two kids are going to bed at 7 o'clock. I mean, I'm not seeing them until Saturday morning, you know, when I get to sleep in an hour and see them for – 20 minutes and then, you know, whatever we do before, if it's a home game, you get to see them a little more, but, you know, away games, then you're on a flight again at one o'clock, two o'clock, and you don't see them again. So it, I, I just, I couldn't justify it, but that was, that was pretty much the schedule for the most part, Monday through Wednesday, Thursday started to taper back a little bit. Hey, and we have nothing but respect for the men and women that commit their time for the NFL, because somebody has to do all that, right? Like somebody has to do all the film study. Somebody has to check all those things because in every other building, that is happening. And that's almost like you're almost competing with a ghost at that point on who can watch more film, I feel like. I, I'm just from outside looking in. I, am I accurately describing that? Yeah, and listen, I mean, it's – it's your, your whole livelihood depends on the game plan, really, that you come up with and the amount of wins and losses. It's a, it's a results-driven business, right? So they want to turn over every stone. They want to – I mean, it, it gets to the point where, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, oh – you know, we're getting, we're getting ready to play Dennis Allen. And, you know, Dennis Allen coached for the Oakland Raiders back in 2011. Let's see what he did back then and go back and watch film from 2011, right? And so you start, you start, you know, almost chasing ghosts, as you said, right? And you start trying to find these things, but you do. You go back and try and do everything you can to not be surprised come Sunday. But here's the thing that is always the most interesting. AJ, you know, Pat, you know, right? Like you go into every game with a game plan and you think you got it all figured out. And – the second series, they throw a blitz that, what the fuck? We didn't, we didn't see that blitz in practice. <laughs> Holy shit, what do we do now? Right? And, you gotta, and then you got to sit there, and then it becomes the chess game, and you gotta, you got to figure it all out again and come up with in-game adjustments. Yeah, adjustments are such a – I think those are the uh, – you know, that's the game changer between the coaches that are at different level is the who can adjust to the things that they didn't expect to see even though they watch film from 2011 – and even back to the 1900s, some motherfuckers are watching film. Um, what was it like with Tom, hindsight, looking back? Because you played with how many? Four number one overall picks? Four number one overall picks? Yeah, some, yeah. something like four or five. It might be five. I don't know. Let's, let's do the math. Six. Something, something like that. All right. So, uh, Sammy Bradford. Michael Vick. Kyler Murray. Carson Palmer. Andrew Luck. Okay, so your ass has been in front of a lot of number one picks. Hell yeah, right. And we appreciate that. You know, thanks for a your lot support. of money, too. A lot of money. A lot of money right there behind you. 
right there. Yeah, right there. Well, nowadays it's normally like three yards, four yards back <laughs> uh-huh. every single time. Yeah. But it used to be just right there on top of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, what was he like as compared to everybody else? Why is he the GOAT? Do you think you got it uh, kind of pinpointed on why he's the greatest football player of all time after getting to watch him from a different perspective and playing alongside yeah. him? Listen, I got to watch him firsthand, you know, work, you know, the year before as a player and then just kind of sit back and watch kind of the way he operated the whole week, you know, as a coach this past year. And it's, it's special to watch. I mean, what he's able to, I mean, just, he, he cares about winning so much. Right. And so to watch the amount of effort that he puts in, in addition to what he's getting from the coaches, right. It's, it's, you don't see that much from it. It's almost like he has the answers to the test on Saturday and he's the only quarterback. He's the only player I've ever played with it, you know, really come Saturday I mean, he's literally got all the answers to the test. He knows exactly what he wants to do on Sunday. He knows exactly what they're going to do on Sunday. And so, really, it just comes down to him executing. And, right, so, like, I think, and he'll be the first to say that, right? Like, as long as I execute the plan going into Sunday, like, you know, nobody's going to beat me. Like, that's that's literally what it comes down to because he literally can see everything before it's happening. And, and that's all in the preparation from Tuesday to Sunday. He's a human, though, yeah? Not an alien? They say he's such a good teammate. How's that How's that happen? How do you do the greatest of all time and also, like, the coolest guy, everybody says? Yeah, he's a phenomenal teammate. I mean, it's it's cool to watch because he's, he's literally just one of the guys. He just wants to be one of the guys, right? And, you know, it, it's funny you say that about all the greats, right, and, and bringing out the best and everybody around him. And honestly, like, there wasn't much difference between that team and – you know, the previous two years until he got there, right? And so the only oh, okay. di- real difference was him, and he just brings everybody else's game up, right? So as a receiver, you love playing with him because he puts you in the right position. He puts the ball in the right position. He knows exactly what play to get into versus what blitz. He sees it coming from a mile away and puts you in the right audible check, whatever it is, right? And, um, you know, in terms of the offensive line, he gets rid of the ball quick, so he – you know, you, you sit there, you don't have to hold your block forever, so you appreciate the heck out of that. And then, you know, everybody else, I mean, it's just everybody else around him just loves to play with him. The, uh, you know, Gronk also. Remember, you guys were the Tampa Bay crew, Gronk and Ears. Gronk mm-hmm. was a big addition. A.B., Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, well, Leonard Fournette. Huge addition. Yeah, huge addition. And A.B. was also huge addition. Talk about Gronk. What, what? He's a fascinating fella, isn't he? He's like a Clydesdale who literally has the nimbility of a ninja. I say that often about him because he has toilet seats for hands. He seems to be bigger than everybody, stronger than everybody, having more fun than everybody, and he's still faster than everybody and catches fucking everything. He's like the perfect tight end. Who knows if he's going to play next year or not? I guess it's actually 50-50. But that dude is just a game changer. Huh? He's a fucking different guy. Western Pennsylvania grad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's special. Um, shout out 412. Yeah. I guess that general day two days ago. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, he's phenomenal, though. I mean, Gronk, I mean, and, and he's, he can run. He's so big. He he can block. He's the best blocking tight end I've ever seen, right? And you just watch Never him. Gets with, Never gets talked about. Never gets talked about that. No, and it's it's incredible. You, you should have watched some of the playoff games the year we won the Super Bowl and just – you know, you get down to the one or two yard line, and the hardest matchup, AJ. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's those tight end DN matchups when you're playing four three teams, and you never had to worry about it with him. And he just, uh, I mean, you never had to help him. You never had to send a tackle out to help him. He just one on one with the DN and taking him into the end zone. I mean, it was impressive as heck to watch. He can run, and Pat, you and I have spoke plenty of times. I don't know if it was ever on the show or just off the show, but I mean, just the way he practices, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's at it's. 
you know, you you see why him and Tom have had so much success because they put everything into practice throughout the week to be ready for the games. I uh-huh. mean, they finish they finish every drill. They catch and run after you know. Sometimes you see a, a receiver thing or whatever catch the ball and just kind of jog after the thing in practice. And okay, cool. Let's just get to Sunday. I mean, every single time he catches the ball, it's boom, turn up field, get ten right, and finish it in the end zone. Whatever it is, right. And he's just running everything full speed. He's trying to block everything. Everything he does is full speed, and and it's it's no question as to why he's had so much success. Jeez. AQ, were you uh, were you kicking yourself that you weren't able to get down there and try to maybe hold up AB in New York when uh, when he had his little incident? You know, that's, that's it's such an unfortunate thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he was such a good a good player. He's, uh, he he worked harder than almost anybody I've ever seen. Like honestly, like he was he out there super hard, practice, right? Practice is super hard. I mean, he's. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, like in, in an NFL practice, right, the offense goes while the offense goes, the defense is off while the defense goes, the offense is off. He never took a period off. Like if the offense was off, you know, typically you're catching your breath waiting for the next period of practice. He's grabbing Tom going and running routes in the end zone. He's grabbing Tom working on hots and sights, whatever it is, right? And then he's always – or he's over at the jugs machine catching another 50 balls between the next – I mean, so he worked so hard. You can never say a bad word about that. Um I think you probably heard plenty of people say that, you know, you kind of wish that it didn't escalate as quickly as it did. And I think, you know, I would echo that statement. But, you know, it is what it is. It happened the way it is. And it's unfortunate. Hopefully he gets another shot. Dude, if he was super injured in that, he had a guy on skates for 20 yards in the first half. (laughs) He's unbelievable. I'm excited to see who signs him, you know, because that's going to be a big take. I guess Floyd Mayweather said, hey, if – you sign A.B. and he messes up or whatever, uh, I'll give you $20 million, he said. I believe. Damn. That was on the internet earlier today. Because uh, it is one of those things where he changes the team. Yeah. He changes. Like, defenses are fucked whenever him and Gronk are on the field at the same time, let alone Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there. That team was stacked. That had to be a blast playing it for that. It's the most talented team I've ever been a part of and and, you know it's funny you mentioned Chris Godwin almost as an afterthought the guy was maybe the most important guy on that offense I mean if you really break down film and study the film and watch Chris Godwin yeah I'm telling you this dude he did everything for that I mean he's the guy that's motioning in and digging out the safety in the run game he's you know cutting off the backside pursuit and he's all and you know he's just do he does everything he's making the catches in traffic across the middle he's going he's running the deep routes he's he's literally running the reverses you know he's running the quick screens and getting up the middle and you know taking the hits and not worrying about it right he does he does so much for that team so i hope he comes back from that injury and you know is able to do exactly what he was doing yeah i hope so too i was hoping he would come to the colts he got Tagged, right? No, no. Uh, then signed an extension. Yeah, signed. yeah. yeah for years. Him. He's going to be down there for a couple of years. And I remember you talking about how great he was, how awesome he is. He did go to Penn State, though, which we're learning oh, more and more about. Jesus no. We're learning more and more about AQ. Oh, oh my God. No. Oh, my God. Scumbags. Yeah, here we go. Let's talk about stories from 1978. Right? Don't matter. Oh, whoa, 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 We're just saying, listen, we don't want to bury you for it. We're not saying you're you because of him. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just saying there's a couple stories. Yeah. yeah. Coming out, a little alarming. Very bad. Nebraska. We are. What's what else you got? What other questions? Penn State. Penn State. Penn State. Oh. We are. 
What's this all about? This is you two. You fucking OH, dude. OH. Oh, I love it. Good job, man. This is the worst. Oh, come on. You guys, you, these guys hate Positivity their schools. Positivity Thursday. You guys hate your schools. What? Because you haven't won a national championship? Well, hate bring to you. We got JT uh, Daniels. Daniels at West Virginia. We're about, we're about to win the whole fucking thing. Neil Brown, number eighth ranked coach under the age of 45. Yeah. Wow. football. P.J. Flex, six. Lincoln Riley, one. That's by CBS Sports. Yins, boys, going the fuck to irrelevancy. <laughs> now that West Virginia's about to get after it, boys. Hate to break it. Hey, I hear, I, hear your, I hear your hype crowd behind you cheering on West Virginia as if they all fucking went to West Virginia. Well, oh, no. we're Positivity Thursday. Thursday. Let's go, I actually did, yeah. Yeah, he did. Nick dropped out after one semester. That is a very standard tale in West Virginia's history because a lot of people get there and lose their minds and go, I can't do this for four years. <laughs> West Virginia, quite an academia. The Big Ten, though, uh, do you two ever play each other? I forget if we've had this conversation or not. Did you two ever play each other? And that's two very large craniums. Yeah. Well, yeah, 2005 uh, at Penn State. Kind of. Yeah, you guys, you beat us. <laughs> yeah, big, big, big win for the old Nittany Lions. How'd it go? Did you, uh, did you and AJ? Have, he was it's a whiteout. It's a big whiteout. You guys, you guys had a hell of a team, man. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we had a good team. And nice. Tom Bahali with the big sack fumbled to, to end the game. Yeah. Wow. Tom Bahali. He's a pretty good player. Good player. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty good player. Do you think Penn State will ever win again or no? Hmm. You know, it's so, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, right, college college is so different than when we went to school. Dude, it is. I mean, it's. I want to stop you right there. Couple stories just came out. Tom Herman singing yeah. to a guy to get him to school. That might have been four years ago. Not 100 sure. And we just saw a ranking thing. Stinky one seven three oh two one three tweeted to an account that had a rating of a college recruit, and his NIL number was like thirty or uh, projected worth thirty five thousand dollars. Like that's becoming a new scouting. Like how much somebody will cost probably to get them to your school. Like it is vastly different nowadays. If that's what it's, you were getting to, I'm, I'm getting to everything, right? I mean, recruiting's different with social media, right? Then you got this NIL stuff. The transfer portal's a fucking nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare, in my opinion. Like, listen, at the end of the day, like you choose, like whatever happened to like, okay, like I don't win the starting position yeah, as a yeah. freshman. Like, hey, go work a little fucking harder and go try and win the job the next year, or do. It's like, oh, I didn't get the job. Where, where can I go next? Like, I, I, I hate what college has become with this transfer portal, with buying, you know, with the $6 million to get this quarterback to your school. I don't even understand how that works. And wow. then, you know, as a college coach, it's an absolute nightmare because then you got to sit on Twitter all day long because if you don't, you're going to lose a recruit, period, because they just want to be, you know. So that's a no? Or, you guys are never going to win again? Hmm. Well, the problem is, right, and so – you know, you got Alabama and Clemson and Georgia, right? And they've been at the top, and they're going to just keep continuing to get where they're going to what they're going to get. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to getting a couple good recruiting classes in a row and hoping to hoping to keep them there, right? At the end of the day, you got to keep your guys there with this transfer board. That's probably harder than getting the guys at this point. You love college football, though, right? I, if I do recall, you're a big fan of the college football world. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think there's. You know, I think the NFL is very corporate, right? You got businesses that are buying suites. You know, I think, you know, we all played in college. Like the atmospheres are ridiculous in college compared to the NFL. Seattle, Pittsburgh, maybe a few out. Baltimore's got some good ones, right? There's some, there's some good atmospheres in the NFL, but there's not 32 great atmospheres. Almost every atmosphere you play in in college football is incredible, right? And, you know, you got that 
life you got. You know, you got the alumni that <laughs> you're never wavering from that. So yeah, I, I enjoy the heck out of college football. Okay, well I hope Penn State's able to win, man, because it feels like West Virginia's uh, an up arrow in Ohio State and Penn State. On the way down. Yikes. Be a tough call one year from now whenever JT uh, <laughs> Daniels. Daniels, our new quarterback, fucking dominates, yeah. dude. Going to the Heisman, JT Daniels. Daniels. He's going to be the guy. Next question. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah. AQ, how long after Tom retired did he start trying to pluck people and coaches and stuff like that from the Tampa organization to go to Miami Dolphins? Jesus. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. What I do know you, you is – Within uh, within a week of after the season, I knew that coaching was not in my future. <laughs> <laughs> so I got back to Arizona, and I started to look at this mountain and look at my backyard and drop my daughter off at school Aww. and think, man, this, is, uh, this isn't a bad way to live right now. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Did you exp- oh, yeah. there? So there was no thought like if Tom wasn't going to retire or anything like that, I'll come back and one more for yeah, Tom. One yeah. more for the Gipper. One more for Tom Brady or that Mountain Listen, View. I'm, a, I'm, I'm as big of a fan of Tom Brady and kind of what they're doing down there with that organization, trying to kind of go all in, and it's just not for me right now. Go ahead, Ty. AQ, uh, I don't. I'm assuming since you knew you were done that you haven't watched like any film on any of these college guys. But Tyler Linderbaum, uh, center out of Iowa, he early in like the draft uh, process, he was very hot to go in like maybe the top ten. But I saw last night they were saying that he can only play center in the NFL because he has short arms, like really short arms. And I know Pat always talks about that's kind of very similar body type. To you is that just complete bullshit from people who don't know what they're talking about, or would teams really be like, oh, we this because you were very versatile obviously like is it possible that this guy can only play center and that's why teams are kind of scared of him yeah sure is it possible yeah but like at the end of the day like who gives a shit if you're fucking drafting a center to play center let him play fucking center right like um i don't know it's a pretty novel idea i think they overthink this scouting process so much it's funny, like, they sit here and say he had short arms. He had an inch and a half longer fucking arms than I did, and I played 12 <laughs> years, right? Like, so, like, what, like, this guy like I might as well arms. not even have had yeah. fucking arms, right? T-Rex. Like, um, yeah, T-Rex over here. But, I mean, it's, it, it's such, it's so funny to me because, listen, inside, like, I get, I get having, needing length at tackle, but inside, it's, it's a, it's a bar fight, right? You, you're just trying to get oh, your yeah. hands on as fast as possible. The center has the advantage because he knows the snap count. He's usually jump, jumping the snap by a, a tick, right? And boom, he gets his hands on you. It's over. This kid is a stud. I've watched him play. I've been a big fan of what Iowa does offensive line. Why yeah. Tristan Wirfs is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's an absolute animal, an absolute freak. And, you know, you look across the board and you, you take Iowa, you take Notre Dame, you know damn well you're getting a guy that's ready to come into the NFL and play. So, I think I think it's an obvious uh, over scouting reach, and the kid's going to come in. He's probably going to play at a very high level, and he's probably guess what? He's going to play fucking center. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the, what's the name of that award? College? Uh, the Remington Trophy. He won that, I think, right? Yes, yeah. did you? Look at you looking out for yeah. each other. Yeah. Looking out for each other. Big Ten short arm centers winning awards and dominating, and then people have to talk shit all of a sudden. It was fascinating because I feel like it went to your advantage a couple different times. Honestly. 
Listen, I, I, I enjoyed having, like, I mean, like, obviously what I've liked to have had 34, 35-inch arms and been 6'5", yeah, I probably would have made fucking $50 million more. Probably. But <laughs> that that would view would have been I, a little nicer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I would have been a little closer to the mountain. Um, but, you know, it, it never hindered me, right? I mean, I played against... I played against nose guards that, I mean, Linval Joseph has the longest arms I've ever seen, right? I played against them, and I never sit, sat there and felt like, I can't get my arms in this guy. Where is he, right? Like, I'm still able to get my hands on him. Now, was he able to bench press me off? Yeah, because he's really good at football. Um, but it never hindered me. I, I, I mean, I think it's such, like I said, it's such an overscout. It's just like, you know, I watch a show all the time, and I, I see the thing about Kenny Pickett's hands. It's like... <laughs> Come on, what are we ball doing? Ball. Hey, listen. It's like we're just looking He's wearing for gloves. That's right. He's wearing gloves already, this guy. Yeah. Can't throw the ball. Uh, you had to play against Aaron Donald a lot in your time in Arizona. Pittsburgh guy, obviously from Penn Hills. Why is he so different than everybody else? I think you've answered it, but after now you're coaching for a year and you're looking at it through a different lens. Why is Aaron Donald Aaron Donald, do you think? And did you, you shit know, your pants the night before? Yeah, that was a shit your pants type situation. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you this. If you if, if you had my wife on this show, she would tell you what the Saturday before playing Aaron Donald was like. Nightmare. It was. I mean, if you walked in the room, talk about positive, it was like, get the fuck out of the room. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to sit here and just focus right now. Like, I need to figure out, like, how to stop this freakazoid for the next 60 minutes tomorrow, right? Like, so... You know, it's, it, you sit there and you have these plans and everybody has these plans to go against and it's like every O-line coach is like, get your hands on him, get your hands on him. Okay, well, easier said than done, right? Let's let's go put our hands on him and boom, and now he's by you in a quarter of a second and it's a sack fumble in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, right? Like, he's just so good, so quick, so athletic. Um, he's a DN playing inside, um, except the fact that he's only six one, so he's got the natural leverage, right? So you sit there and think you can sit on a bull rush because he's light. Well, he's six one. He gets underneath you. He's strong as an ox. He benches five hundred pounds. He plays with knives, right? Like he, he, <laughs> he kind of, he's kind of got everything going for him. But he's one of the few people, right? Like you watch defense alignment. If you really break down defense alignment when they do their little kind of move to work an edge, they always kind of stop their feet and then get going again. He's the only guy I've ever seen that when he starts working edges, his feet are still moving forward. So that's that's, it's, it's a completely different animal when you watch him. And so you sit there and, you know, okay, he, he gets your hands. And now if the guy's feet are stopped and it's a normal guy, you can still kind of recover, recover, get back, and get your hands on him. Well, He's still moving forward. So, like, unless you're moving at the same speed he is, and, oh, by the way, you're working backwards as an offensive lineman while he's working forward. So, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare matchup. He's a problem. Hey, you mentioned Tristan uh, uh, Worfs coming in. He stepped in day one. It looked like he was, he'd been there 10 years. Like, what set that dude apart? And I know it physically, like, he's the guy that was jumping out of the pool, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, out of the water. Yeah. Like, I think that was him. He's super oh, athletic. Like, what set him apart? Super positive. Yeah, so he's, he's again, you, you mentioned it, right? He's got some freak. There, there's some things about him you just can't teach, right? He, you can't teach being 6'6", 6'7", 350, jumping out of a pool and running a 4940. Like, you can't teach that, right? So he's physically gifted beyond belief. But at the end of the day, his his core values and his core technique at what he was taught, taught at Iowa put him in a position to come in and succeed, right? So then he comes in, and he's already got the technique thing. Well, now he – 
now he's he steps right in and he's got good technique, but he's also got the size size. He's got the speed. And then it was just like, okay, you saw from like the second week of training camp, like this kid's got great technique. He stays square. He gets his hands on people. He's not afraid. He can sit on a bull rush. He can do kind of all the things. And he's a house in the run game, right? So then, you know, you watch him week one and it's like, oh, this kid's got something. You watch him week six, you're like, oh shit, he's still getting better. You watch him week. 14 going in the playoffs you're like holy shit he's still how's this kid still getting better and then you know he just keeps getting better and better and better and then he never shied away right like i mean you would think like his very first game he's going against cam jordan i think we played new orleans week one the year we went to the super bowl so he's got cam jordan week one and he's just like oh here we go just another day at the office man those kirk's dogs oh yeah uh, it's iowa what, what do you, you keep saying if they're out of iowa they're good is a great coach over there it's just kind of widely known yeah, I mean, I think Kirk's Kirk's an O line guy, right? Yeah, like he that that that's kind of his that's his M O. Um, Kirk Ferentz, Pittsburgh guy. In case you guys didn't know that, oh. shout out Pittsburgh again. Oh, uh, shout out! Shout I didn't out. know that. Upper St. Clair. Oh, hey, good money coming. He was Fair naturally drawn money. to those good colors money. at Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Hey, congrats yeah. to Kirk's dogs. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Hey. Listen to that. Just scout the Iowa guys. They got good technique. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Albie, you were with Tampa when they actually went to New England for Brady's return. Were you in the locker room when Tom walked in there and uh, him and Brady had that little 20-minute exchange? <laughs> and also, how much does Tom Brady hate Bruce Arians? <laughs> keep going. He does, he does not. He does not. He does not. I refuse to keep answering this. Okay. I was not a part of this. Okay. Um, no, I was. I was not in there for that little locker room thing. But uh, where I was, and you know, I, I kind of always looked forward to it. You know, just the whole whenever Tom would run on the field. I mean, I thought that. I mean, I think we all think that's cool when he does the whole rundown, let's fucking go thing, right? Well, like, I think that's awesome, right? That's so. Cool, that's cool. It's cool. You see in every you see in every every stadium, I, and I was looking forward to that one, right? So I'm out there early, and you know, it was one of the coolest things watching the New England support and reaction to him come out. What what I thought was really cool in return too, and then Matt comes out and Hoyer when they come out for New England, and they kind of gave almost a louder. So they gave the respect to Tom, but then still uh, kind of backed their boys when they came back. It was pretty cool to watch. They were all on the same page, too. Like, hey, we're support, but not – this isn't a yeah. game yeah. here. And you when know? they came out on yeah. offense, they started booing him again. And me, Brady. Which is yeah. what they did to Correct. Vinatieri as well. Yeah. I mean, that happened mm-hmm. to Vinny out there pretty as awesome. well. Yeah. Place. Uh, AQ, we appreciate you, brother. You're the best, man. Enjoy this retirement life, hey. I guess. It's been a blast. It's been far too long. I just felt like uh, I know we we talked about it, and there was plenty of times for me to come on. I felt like I would have said something to get me fired. Yeah, sometime yeah. in the last year smart, and a half. Smart. <laughs> so I felt like this. I felt like this was a good move, but smart. Uh, now I'm retired. I can say whatever I want. I can. Mm-hmm. I can. I can bet. I can bet on Fanduel. Oh, yeah. hey, it's a good time. It's a good time, by the way, isn't it? I mean, hey, guys thinking about retirement, if you're in a state where there's sports gambling is legal, it is a blast. <laughs> it is a look for the golf is awesome. Okay, family time is awesome. What? The weather's awesome. The free time. Also, getting a gamble is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a good time. Not don't, a bad deal. Don't be crazy, obviously. AQ, we can't wait to chat with you soon, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, AQ Shipley. Hey, Welcome to PMS After Hours. <laughs> I think I got it in there. Oh yeah. So we're giving away twenty-five grand just because it is the first time we are celebrating this super positive Thursday. Yeah. The super positive holiday might drop on a Wednesday sometime. Whoa. Oh, I thought it was just every April fifteenth or fourteenth. No, no, it is not date 
It is not date okay. oriented. Once right. a week at least, since you yeah. guys are so uh, negative all the time. Well, I was, I was. Oh, no. All right, come. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> real, real mighty of you. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you, you should, you should take some of the credit, Gump, because you know, behind the scenes is where all the magic takes place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a restaurant. The people you don't see that are cooking the meal mm-hmm. are the people that really, you know, are the ones that deserve the tips and everything yeah, like that. Not right. that the, everybody else doesn't, but the people you don't see, the heroes behind the scenes Hell at yeah. these things. And in this particular restaurant, this toxic, negative restaurant, mm. a lot of the meals, okay, are being at least seasoned by a sous chef oh, yeah. or maybe even cooked to get all together. Sure. My old chef Gumpy in the back. That's right. He's probably. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think he's main cook. That man is yeah. a master chef. Are you kidding? Gordon Ramsay esque. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's a James Beard. It is unfucking believable. I, I, will, I will walk into something. Oh, isn't it nice that something happened? Like, oh my god. You don't say. You don't say. Yeah. I mean, it is. So that's why Super Positive Day is probably going to happen again, but I don't want it to be every week, Gump, like you're predicting, okay? Maybe dial it back a little bit, Chef. Jesus. In June. It's actually impressive where Gumpy's brain will go to sometimes. Yes. Like, I can't believe it sometimes. You get a startle pop, not because of what he said, but because how did you even... How? How did that even become... It's impressive. But then Gump looks at you... He presents this theory, and then he looks at you like you're an idiot. Oh, come oh, on, yeah. Pop. What do you mean? Think about it, Pop. <laughs> what do you mean? What was that? Yeah. Yeah. What, what was that? that? What do you say? What do you mean? 15 years of pain inhalation, my friends. Well, then also, if he really likes it, ooh! <laughs> 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 Sell it on the other end. It is, it is magical. Anyways, so congratulations, Gumpy. And congratulations, Nick. And congratulations, Toxic Table as a whole, Ty and Boston Connor. No way. And congratulations to you. Thank you. On creating a holiday that we will use whenever it feels as if we're getting a little bit too negative. Okay. Because we're, we're supposed to bring positivity to people. You yeah. Okay, you remember that? Yeah. That's the mindset. Mental vacations. Hell yeah. Okay? Let's take them back to a nice positive vacation. Hell yeah. Also, if you're super yeah. negative, though, and then people are only a little negative, they're being positive all of a sudden. Two negatives right. don't. See that? Listen, when you reach rock bottom, the only way you can go is up, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. We're just lowering the bar. Not if you have a drill attached to your ass and drill through rock bottom. You can have a drill attached to your ass? <laughs> what? Yeah, then you drill through rock, through bottom. rock bottom. Oh, and recreate it. Yeah. How do you pull the trigger? Hmm? Cheeks. You do. You use your gooch. <laughs> you go. All right. <laughs> We're done here. Super how do you, positive Thursdays. How do you attach it to your bottom? See, it's okay, already becoming pal. a problem. Use, yeah. This is already tape. becoming a problem. I'm done with it. Okay? These are what pe- the questions people have. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just let people know uh, if you haven't oh, yet. Fun little reminder. Taxes are due on Monday. Get your taxes done. Hey, fun <laughs> reminder. Your money's due to yep. the government. There you go. Fun reminder. Maybe a refund coming. Hey. Yes. hey. Probably not, though, because the government's government. Yeah. yeah. And they... They're good. Once they gobble it up, you know, like hungry, hungry hippos. Mm-hmm. Once they get the money, it's gonna be hard to get it back. Oh yeah, you gotta really work for it. Mm-hmm. Just like the commanders in our security deposit. Sure. Oh! Hey, that's gonna get quieted, huh? That's, yeah, we are uh, not gonna hear about that again. Uh, I don't know. A lot of billionaires involved. Let's assume that that's gonna disappear. If nothing yeah. happens before the draft, it's dead. Rap did say Congress moves pretty, pretty slow, so they might drag this thing out. Yeah, but that might be an excuse for why we don't hear about it, for, yeah. and then we forget about it like a year from now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'll probably and hear then, something like tomorrow at six o'clock. 
Friday news dump. Yeah, Friday. Actually, Friday at 3.30. What time are we going live tomorrow? Are we doing 11 to 2? That's a, uh, Oh, yeah, because you're up. Or 12 to 3. Okay, Worcester. Am I? Yeah. I don't know. We got to figure that out. We should probably announce that. Yeah. Okay. Let's announce that. Uh, Vlog. How far is that? Is it a long flight up there? Uh, you're Where are you going? Western Mass, so it's probably like, like two. Two and a half, right? Yeah. But in, a, in a jet, though, it's probably two. It's farther than New York. Bro, there's some flights farther. that just sneakily take forever. Yes. Like, Miami is fucking way down there. Mm -hmm. way, yeah. in, Indiana's a pretty good spot. It is. You know, we're at, and then there's some flights I'll get, like, the, uh, what's it called, Manifest or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's going to take you fucking two hours and 25 minutes. I'm like, to get to New York? What the fuck happened? Wait, weren't we flying there every single week? We were. Those are long we were. ass flights. Yeah. I don't know if two two uh, and a half is long though. Well, the with issue with is the everything's with uh, everything's dodging with, UFOs now. Well, portals. Everything is also getting into the airports too. Well, There's yeah. big issues like taking off. We've been chilling a lot on takeoff, waiting for uh, planes to clear. And then yeah. Chicago. I don't know where you're landing. Okay. Yeah. So Indianapolis to Miami is twelve hundred miles. Okay. Indianapolis to Worcester is 911 miles. Okay, so three so quarters. 300, 300 less miles. Okay, let's go. So it'd be about two hours. But where are you landing? I have Worcester. no idea. Worcester. They got an airport over there? Probably. It's Worcester. I don't know. Worcester's an absolute dump. Is what? it really? What if he was flying yeah. into Dorchester? Have we been to Worcester? Have I been to Worcester? You would have known. I think. I think we've been well, to Worcester. Well, Connor, been what, to what are the really nice areas then? Uh, I mean, Western Mass is just an absolute wasteland. Everything that's nice Jesus. is on like the East Coast or middle. Of the, What's your problem? Of the state. <laughs> I'm just it's telling super you. Super positive. Thursday. It is super positive Thursday, but I'm just telling you. Remember when we pulled up that Rust Belt photo? The only part of Massachusetts that wasn't in the revitalized Rust Belt was Western Mass. Yeah, there right. is a uh, Worcester Regional Airport. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Sweet. Well, then there's a whole conversation. How long are the runways? You know? Oh yeah. yeah. Jeez, I've learned too much about that. Potholes in those runways. Well, I don't know about the potholes, but I do know if the pilot stays straight on takeoff, that'd be great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, T's and P's that guy, because he died, unfortunately. <laughs> we Pos don't know if that's true. We don't, but I'm pretty sure he's Pretty positive dead. you well, to say T's and P's. I wonder if he's yeah. retired from flying after that flight. Like, all right, this isn't for me. What a short probably career. Probably 40-mile-an-hour winds, man. Yeah, what's that, pal? It's probably like 40 mile an hour winds. Ooh, it's probably a lot faster than that, actually. No, it was. It's been a long I'm taking, taking off. Yeah, I've never been that scared in my entire life. <laughs> uh, anyways, probably 11 to 2 tomorrow. There's the announcement. Okay. Here we go. Hashtag uh, PMS super positive. <laughs> Get in on the $25,000. We're giving away probably 25 winners. Uh, congrats to all the winners. That'll be those will be announced on Winter Wednesday. Oh yeah, which will be next Wednesday, which will be followed by another positive day, not super positive day. Okay, but just positive day because that's what we're going to do from now on after this particular holiday. Ain't that right? Hell yeah! Perfect. Let's go, PJ Fleck. Let's row the boat, huh? Wow. Let's go to VCon. Let's go yeah. do this thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's have a good time out here. Ain't that right, AJ? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you guys are getting on board with this positivity thing. It's taken me two years now to get you here. What was your favorite positive thing of the week? My favorite positive thing of the week. Oh. <laughs> It's not over yet. Oh, that is pretty yeah. That is my favorite positive. <laughs> yeah. That there's time for more positives. Hell yeah. Right? Hell yeah. And you guys are going to prove that tomorrow. And we're going to. Feel good day. We're going to give the most feel good positive day mm -hmm. of all time Friday. Tomorrow. I can't fucking wait. The history wait. of the world. 11 to 2 tomorrow. Can't Hell wait. yeah. I thought the XFL uh, logo was awesome. Okay. So we'll get to that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Whoa. It was. <laughs>
Positive Thursday, Pat. It's we'll a feel-good Friday. We'll so get back I haven't even seen right. it. I need to see it. Oh, it's so cool. There's a lot of conversation about it. Company. All right, let's go. To, all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out Dewey and Danny Garcia. Yeah, shout out XFL, dude. Shout out Dewey shout and Danny. That's the Brock's ex-wife, right, that he's business partners with? That's right. Mm-hmm. Mastermind. It's a cool She's relationship. Amazing. He's cool with her new husband, too, I guess. Yeah, and if you watch Young Rock, you will really get to see the beginning of it all. Yeah. She was really uh, it's a true I'm, love I'm waiting to binge till it's all, because I can't Sorry. just watch one episode. Me, too. I've edged. I've edged. All right, we're out of here. Uh, <laughs> Hammer Down begins in about 15 minutes at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer Down. They'll be giving out winners. The boys betting on baseball, betting on hockey, betting on footy, I believe. Let's go. Let's oh, have yeah. a day. Let's Good win job, today. Woo. Uh, big thanks to AQ Ship. Stopping by for the first time, long time. Darius Butler stopping by. We're going to see a lot of him in the fall. I'm excited for that. And uh, we are just 14 days away from the draft spectacular. Be a friend, tell a friend. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. The newest Foxy flick behind the scenes of our entire time at WrestleMania. Foxy did a great job. I can't wait to watch alongside everybody else. We'll see you in Yana. You're the best. Bye. Bye.